Hello and welcome to the season two recap of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Avis. I'm Caroline. And today we are joined by a very special guest, the mother of the pad, <laughs> Bianca Melrose. Hi, Bianca. Hello, everyone. It's so great to be here. We're so happy you're here. I've been hyped for this all week. I know. <laughs> I'm I know. From South Korea, everyone, by the way. Yes. Yes. Bianca it is, is the middle of the night for her. <laughs> so gracious. And like not partying. So that she can be. I know. <laughs> yes, we appreciate you taking the, the the Saturday night off for you, right? Technically, uh, it just turned Saturday, two a.m. here. Oh, Saturday it's Friday night. Yeah. Friday night. Oh, time guys, time zones. Saturday? Don't ask me about them. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good, good. Nice. Cool. No, I mean, calling you the mother of the pad is like it's is pretty apt because you introduced us Bianca we met um on your YouTube channel uh, <laughs> yeah Bianca has a YouTube channel which she did these awesome Degrassi roundtables that you should watch but tell us more about what you do yeah definitely so I do have a YouTube channel and on it I talk about uh, pop culture it's kind of what it started off as and then I started to introduce interviews with um, just different people that I found interesting, whether they be pop culture, athletes, or whatever, music industry. And then I introduced the roundtables, which is how we all met. And uh, my first roundtables, actually, I think there's only been two because then I picked up and moved to South Korea, but I do hope to extend those. We did uh, two Degrassi mm-hmm. roundtables and you know, I had chosen these girls and um, Avis and Caroline were a part of that, and it just happened to be perfect. They weren't afraid mm-hmm. to express their opinions, which I really, really liked. And we ended up doing one about uh, Degrassi and student-teacher relationships. And then we did mm-hmm. another one about Manny Santos, everyone's fan favorite. Yes. So those were yes. really fun. Uh, and recently, you know, since I've moved to South Korea, I've introduced some travel content. Yes. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I really like the places that you're able to like find and visit are like, they all look really cool. Mm-hmm. They look like nothing that we, well, first, nothing that they have over in the, the tri-state area that I live in. <laughs> so definitely really like you could tell you are in a different country and it's really cool to see your travels and your kids. Your kids are oh, adorable. Thank you. Will there be more? What, what just happened with that background? What, what just background? happened with the background? Was that you? It started here. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's Bianca. What are you hearing? Like. No. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like sound in the background. I don't think Bianca's <laughs> not hearing. And I'm not hearing it, then I think it's a you problem, Avis. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm going to mute myself. Maybe it's me. It might be me. Cool. Sorry. Continue with your question. Um, are there going to be more, like, can we come back on your channel? Because those were a ball. 
I'll go. Right. Come back. <laughs> I, I, I thought you guys didn't want to be back on to be honest because you know I had taken so long uh, to be honest with you I kind of I love when folks organize things for me <laughs> and just tell me when to show up what and where. do all of the work and then it's a finished product <laughs> it was so much fun you guys are so consistent that was something I noticed about your channel I'm so inconsistent on my YouTube channel especially I was for a while really consistent until I moved abroad and uh I just had to learn a lot I finally learned how to read Korean I still can't speak Korean but it was like there was just That's so much going on. I was dealing yeah. with a a foreign community of haters. These the foreign community Ooh. in the city that I am in. Some of the biggest haters I've ever met in my life. I'm writing a book, so you'll hear all about them in in, in that. Oh, book. we love it! Wow. Okay, I love yeah. to hear that you're writing a book. Yeah. I mean, not about the hater part, but that you are monetizing that. Why not? Why <laughs> get not? you got to get your coins. You got to get your coins because, like, these haters are going to be they're plentiful out here. Mm. No, I mean. It's definitely, I, we, I, I mean, I won't say we, I've, I've become accustomed to saying we because of this, this podcast, but I think that like, it was always like, oh, I really want to talk about Degrassi. That would be so fucking cool. And we were talking about doing a podcast. Like there was very like light whispers of us three doing a podcast. And then it just, you moved to Korea. Yeah, and we kind of were like, well, Bianca doesn't have the time. We don't, we want to. Yeah, we were like, yeah. We've talked about Degrassi and now we want to do it more. And. You got the bug into me. Like, like, it was really. Before we recorded the first episode, we were like, obviously we have to have Bianca on the show. And like, we, yes. the reason we didn't reach out right away, I think, is just because we didn't want, we figured you were busy. Um, so we're so just accurate. So glad to have you here. We hope that everybody is glad to have yeah, you here no. because you'll be back, whether or not the listeners like it or not. I was gonna say this is a this is the friend of the pod, like the mom of the pod. So like she will be back. Like it's, this is this is a fixture. So no, it's now it's really. I think it's. Yes, now that we know we can do it. And I think that we're a lot more stable. Like you said, I mean, I think I was probably one of the driving forces about not skipping a week. Mm. I think Dylan was another big dri- uh, producer. Dylan was like, you don't want to skip a week because people will forget about yeah, you. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> we're actually, this is, I, we're about to do our first skip, actually. After this episode, we, we are, are about to do our first taking skip. Taking a week off. And then we are coming back yeah. with trivia for two weeks. With trivia. But then we'll be yeah. back with season three. And at some point, Bianca yeah. will be back mm-hmm. with season three. And yes, yeah, I'm it's looking. like holiday trivia. And yeah, then we'll be back for We've season three. And we really um, stuff in the works for season three. We do. And it's like we haven't even, we've recorded what, um, three episodes two. of I season think the first two? two? The first two, oh, right, you got- because we did the two-parters. We had to split up some stuff. So we did the first two episodes were the two-parters, yeah. um, Pride. Oh, Pride 1 and 2, and then the first, whatever, the first figure, um, think- father figure. Oh, gosh, three. that episode. <laughs> we, 
we need to we need to look at the archives but we have re- we really haven't scratched the surface of three so it's going to be exciting to get back into recording and honestly if you know of an episode in three that you're like i want to come on and talk about that ep- like mm. please like we haven't even we haven't done you got the look yet which personally is mm. i know it's one of it's it, people love that episode mm. i am people <laughs> so <laughs> Like, I have been waiting for this shit since season one. I'm so fucking excited for her thonger wonger era. Yeah. And um, it's my favorite era. So it's season three is really when it like we start cooking with gas. So it's exciting so to like, I think that, yeah, yeah we kind of plow through season one and two. So thong girl, wrong girl. We've got domestic abuse. We've got like... Not yeah, there's they're no not real like. Together, but, you know, we they're not. Abuse. Well, yeah, we've got relation. Yeah, I think that's still covered. I think that's still you can call it domestic, even if they're not living together. Mm. I think season three is possibly. Iconic. Season three is iconic. Season season two yeah, it is, is when it starts to go there, but like mm-hmm. season three is where it really so much. You've mm-hmm. got so much. Is yeah. it? We got Ellie's cutting. Yeah, yeah. Like I think we—that's kind of our—that's our little. Yeah, I mean, well, for me, that is when I really remember Ellie as a character. I don't like her whole arc in season two is just up Marco's ass, Mm -hmm. and like it sucks because like that's not like really what I remember her for, and it annoyed me so much to like watch that be her beginning. Uh, And I know that she goes through it like like her the storylines that she gets like just with her mom's alcoholism and then also with her dad being away in the, in the armed forces, then her cutting, like it's, she gets, she like Kathleen in the old series, she gets a lot of shit thrown at her. And I don't know if we talk or Claire, right. We don't talk about it enough. How like Ellie kind of did get like triple whammy. Yeah. <laughs> like she's kind of got a lot going on. You stop that because you're not a lot. No, you're an Ellie hater. We are still on that journey of like, I am trying to see the bad in Ellie because I love Ellie and Caroline is trying to see the good in Ellie because she hates Ellie. I hate Ellie. And it's so far it's working season two. It's like, why do I like this character? Mm. So that's where I'm at with Ellie. If we, I think that's a good segue into our re, our general recap of yeah. season two. But like, just to like, because I kind of I rewatched it for uh broadly for this uh this wrap up, and I was just trying to single out the arcs, what happened over the season. For me, Ellie is just the most unlikable character this season because she keeps going around in circles. And it's like, every time we check on Ellie, oh, you're still dealing with this shit? Mm. Okay, we're going to spend another episode doing the same thing where Marco has to convince you that he isn't going through something that you feel in your bones that he's going through and you're ignoring. Mm. And I know that she's, it's like adolescence always, like the further away I get from it, I'm like, it's hard to put myself back in that underdeveloped brain. But it's like, (laughs) it definitely is like a, an impulse control lack of, you know, not having the ability to kind of reason properly. I do see why she's like, why doesn't the guy I really like, like me, everything else goes great. Why doesn't he like me? But it just feels like that's all she gets to do this season. And it's frustrating. 
<laughs> because yeah. I really want, I'm like, oh, you, I, I forget this is all they give you for this season. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like this is all you get to do. And it's true. What else does she get to do? Insult like Spinner about his BO? Be friends with <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> That's what I be like. Friends. I liked that she came in, like, even though Ashley was like fucked up. I like that she came in when everyone was against Ashley and like Ashley had That's to be one person. I mean, I... That's true. She she does get that to do. She gets to be Ashley's new alternative friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Because that era was really great for Ashley. Yeah. Oh, style it like... No, ugh. Ashley's goth if we're gonna t- so not it. <sighs> Fashion wise, I have such a bigger opinion of her than like character wise, but like my issue because I just rewatched When Doves Cry. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> my issue with Ashley is that she's always giving advice without knowing the context. Yeah. Like, why? Kind of like Emma. Kind of like oh, Emma. Yeah. Like, why don't you ask what kind, why they have a bad relationship? She's just like, you and your dad don't have the best relationship, huh? Right, right. She doesn't want to know anything else. She's like, people can change. Yeah. Like, she's like a sticker yeah. or a bumper sticker on a car. Like, why aren't you, de- like, she wants to research these topics, but she doesn't actually want to research these topics in people. That's how you learn about what people are going through, not the internet. Right. You could actually ask this young man why don't you have a good relationship with your dad? What happened? Well, that could have, that's two other words. That that's two holding. other words. She's like, he's not. Nice Craig is Craig waiting, bursting. He didn't have a belt in his hand. Right. Like, yep. how Craig are is you still. <laughs> that's my, I know we talked about it in that episode because I'm like, Craig is being, but Craig is just so, we haven't talked about it. We we filmed it so long ago. Um, Craig is so outward in a lot of his pain yeah and he's what he's crying for help so yes and that's a lot of what his she doesn't give a like ashley i'm sorry you had a whole fucking meltdown about your dad being gay it wasn't him being gay it was betrayal and i do actually like ashley Mm. i get that and you don't have like shut the fuck up with your problems ashley because your dad's mm. just gay. Craig's dad beats him. That man came after yep. him with a golf club. Mm. She's just worried that being gay is possibly hereditary. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry had to touch her too, remember? She's like, uh, your dad's gay. My my mother is dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Terry's another person that like, She's always going to, I feel like they give her the, t- uh, the role of being like the contrarian a lot is like, they, they get her to kind of offer up something that is against what Ashley is saying or what others, what someone is saying, because it's like, I mean, I think that she kind of plays at least a more defined role than Hazel does, but, uh, she's like, I, I like that they, um, that they have her kind of continue to bring up that her mom did pass away Mm -hmm. and it's used in different contexts like just in when doves cry her talking to craig and just by the way tears are not tears are not enough when doves cry is the opener and yes when tears are not enough is the closer Mm -hmm. thank you um because like just i i 
I rewatching that scene again, it's, it gives me chills the way, and I, I, I really wish they would get the more scenes, Terry and Craig, because I think that they did such a good job with their chemistry, but also with how tender Terry is and being like, it's, it's okay. Like you love him, you love your dad. And these are complicated feelings, but, uh, like, you know, shares her experience about her mom dying and everything and her being young, but her having a similar reaction. Shout out to Jake Epstein's acting in that when she tells the story about the birthday party and being mad and he's just like, Mm -hmm. birthday parties are fun and like whatever. And like, it's very, he's an amazing actor and I hope I have no casting directors continue to see that yes you have notes yes please oh this is so controversial to say but no do it okay no i love it i love the agree too much so bring it (laughs) the scene that you guys just talked about craig is an outstanding actor i think him and lauren collins are the two strongest actors in the show and i hate to say it harry was so cute she's so beautiful one of the worst actors on the show. Her and him in that scene, she almost took me out. The only person, and I, I hate to say this, the only person who was second to worst, in my opinion, who got a lot of screen time, though, was Maya Matlin. Do, did you watch those seasons? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking excited to talk about fucking Maya Matlin. Ooh. You don't even fucking know. Ooh. But the fact that her ass is like 20 years in the future. <laughs> the acting. That's what she reminds me of. She reminds me of Maya. I, okay. I see. Here's the, we don't, I don't, I feel like we talk about the acting, but I don't know if we talk about it every episode. So here's the thing. I have felt this way that the acting gets better after this season because it has to yeah you gotta pick up you got you you don't have these filler episodes anymore like liberty Mm. uh i I feel like her actress uh, i don't know why her name is escaping me sarah sarah Sarah, thank you sarah barbara but it's not barb Barb, thank you um barbara bobble so I don't know, Canadian. It's a Canadian last name. <laughs> but uh, Sarah's acting is very much like she does not have a lot of like emotional things to go through. Mm-hmm. So her acting is very much it's surface level because she doesn't have to dig deep. The things that she's going like she's going through having a crush mm-hmm. and right and not being taken seriously mm-hmm. and not being seen as like anything other than the, the academic person. So it's like these are very relatable things for a middle schooler but she's not having to do anything else that requires her to step up her shit so they're not going to put her with someone like craig because he's going to outshine her every time and so for me why why her the scene works with her him and terry um is because he's not doing a lot Mm. he's kind of when he is doing a lot she's not doing a lot Mm. they're not acting together they're acting next to each other. Mm. And I think that that's probably why it, if I think about it a little bit more critically, it works for me. But if I watch it, I'm just like, oh, they each did their part so well. Mm-hmm. And they play, like they have chemistry. So I think that that's kind of why they get away with like not being like good together. <laughs> like they're just- After that. Say again. 
when I first saw that, like ever, I thought that they were going to like get together after that, like date. Yes, yes, actually, I agree. And I every time I see that scene, I'm like, why didn't they give them more scenes? Because it's not that she's good; it's just that they have such natural play off of each other, and they they work well in a scene. They look good in a scene together. Like they play well, well off think, of each other and I think that's with chemistry. A lot of actually, what carries Christina's acting? is that like i think she naturally has good chemistry with a lot of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it it works just because of that and like her line delivery isn't necessarily always great and whatever they also don't give her a lot to work with really Mm. even like even though she's got heavy stuff, like, I don't know. The I don't know. There's something about the writing for Terry that feels very trite a lot of the time to me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, so, like, we know her mom is dead. And, like, that's a thing. It gets brought up, but we never really dive that deep into it. We yeah. know that she thinks she's fat and she has feelings about that. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm always gonna be hypercritical of like how that story is told. And then Yeah and then as soon as she starts getting some substance, they put her in a coma and she's gone. I know. So mm-hmm. so I think it's entirely possible that Christina would have developed into or is a great actress. But, like, she didn't have a Mm -hmm. lot to work with, and then she was gone. Right. She wasn't given the opportunity to to, to really spread her wings and experience that growth that a lot of the other cast got to. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, Liberty goes from, like, like we said, having these, like, oh, I'm growing up, and I don't want everybody to see me just as the brainy person anymore. Maybe I want to have a little edge. And she goes from that to, spoiler alert, if you don't know, becoming pregnant on the show. Like, and having to fucking deal with that. And then having to deal with, again, spoiler alert, it's coming at you fast, uh, the death of the love of her life to that point. And like all of the, like that is range if I've ever seen it and seen it and it's like not even like oh this happened in a short amount of time it's the actress grew up on the show and the storylines grew with her mm-hmm. and that is one of the greatest things about this show to me is that like we literally get to see an actress and an, an actor like the, their development over the course of six years of being on the show seven years of being on the show and the fact that we might not, if they were only on the show for two seasons, they would never have grown to to the to to be able to get the, to the capacity that they grow to as an eighteen year old, starting as a twelve year old on the show. Well, and I mm-hmm. think you know, like I don't know that the Degrassi writers necessarily knew. I think that might be part of why she was she went away was like Mm -hmm. trying to make the fat girl of the group a main character I don't really think they knew how to do because you can't just like their storyline can't just constantly be that they're fat which also by the way baby Terry McGregor was not she was not fat I do not think she was fat but she was, yeah, she was Y2K fat. Y2K fat. And t- thank you. 
I don't think we ever addressed that. No, because she um, was like in the middle of puberty. And here's what was going to happen to Terry is exactly what happened to Christina Schmidt is she had her final growth spurt and her like, like that's the thing is sometimes when you. Yeah, she like, literally is a, like was a model. Yeah, so. a, I know. Christina Schmidt went on to be like, <laughs> she's a model on the show, but like she, she goes on to be like, okay. they pigeonhole her as the plus size model and trying to indicate that, oh, okay. Even though they do give her that like redemption of like, I'm proud of this and of my body. They, there is that like undertone of not a real model mm. and everything. So the fact that she, in real life, the actress goes on to be like, it's kind of like Jerry O'Connell and stand by me, how like he was like the, the fat kid and people kind of like got surprised when he grew up and like, got hot. like, slimmed out and got hot and like abs and stuff and they were like who the this is the chubby kid from stand by me he's not allowed to be cute but it's like what are you talking about he was a child (laughs) he was a child he wasn't done growing yet he hadn't hit his growth spurt like yeah this was a point in his life and it's like just happened to be on camera and then they they cast him based on how he looked at the time I mean, it, it sucks that literally, and I mean, like either portrayal is valid because that is, she was Y2K chubby, Y2K fat. And it's not that, that is not a valid portrayal. That's just not ultimately who she grew up to be. Like, yeah, that's not. Like, she was Y2K fat, you know, even by the Degrassi mm-hmm. people standards. Um, but mm-hmm. she... She still got to be the popular girl and they should have just written her like they would write any other character. Cause like I said, she reminded me of Maya Matlin who they gave way too much screen time and she was not a strong mm-hmm. actor at all, but because she was skinny and I guess skinny. they like to look at her, she got to have way more storylines than she should have. Oh, Degrassi fat phobia is yeah. evident. Well, very real and- it's i mean there's not a lot of after her what other like chubby y2k or or like l- like any in general like i feel like there's like lyle um who oh, he was who's in the same era he's sanely tall and skinny which is it's the same fucking thing Exactly. It's it's a growth spurt. It's puberty. However, starts, his complete like characterization cool. changes after that. He does. Well, he's he's got the orange hair. He's got the curls. <laughs> and actually, yeah, that's yeah. In mm-hmm. I'm in love with a girl named Spike. Um, but he did he said go into that, like, yeah. the directors were like upset or the writers were upset because they had planned for him to be a bully and then he came back skinny and couldn't be a bully anymore and couldn't be a bully anymore which fuck y'all he was written yeah he was written to be of the diff of the physique that he was when they casted him and and the spiky hair and the chain and yeah that's very 80s that's what they yeah it was very Um, y2k thinking yeah, Y two K was like the new eighties. Oh <laughs> it's so guy is the one now that the good looking slim guy is the villain. Yeah, the, the slick back hair and the little like you know he's he's a, got a brooding dark underside, um, kind of like Miles. Miles becomes Ooh. like the new. Ah! 
bad guy. Like we've got to look at how they flip this shit on its head in the new class because it's like people in the new class. But you know what's interesting? I remember the message boards, and Claire obviously wasn't fat, but I remember a lot of people. She wasn't, but people Claire was the fat girl. But they dressed her horribly. Can we please just like justice for Claire Edwards? Because what the fuck did they, they, and I want, I know they wanted to go because I actually just saw a post about this, that the coins lived in Blair Waldorf's apartment in New York. And uh, when they briefly flashed to them in Degrassi Takes Manhattan, I was like, no way. I never caught that shit. And that's crazy. But it's like they were trying. The reason that the coins were introduced is because of Gossip Girl. Mm. And I was like, that that makes sense. That's interesting. That makes sense. And they tried to dress Claire kind of like preppy. She was always conservative, mm-hmm. but when the actress started to get breasts mm-hmm. and was curvy, they decided, oh, let's dress her like Susie Homemaker met Ralph she Lauren like one time at a swap meet. Like, <laughs> like it's so bad. It's so bad. And it's like, why do you guys, why do you guys hate her? Right. Because this actress is beautiful and you and like the way that you could have dressed her to accentuate her curves is crazy because she got body, honey. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've ever I don't know if you <laughs> she's got body. And like it, toward the end of her being in the show, they really just hid everything. They hid her in sacks and did. headbands. They did. Can I So they just don't like fat, they don't like curvy people. Can I take a second to give <laughs> Um, give thanks for what I think was really one of the only examples of like solid fat representation in the Y2Ks in like mainstream media, which is Martha mm-hmm. Cox from the High School Musical series, played by the beautiful Casey um, Stroh. I love mm-hmm, like absolutely. at no point was the fact that she was fat part of her character, right? Yeah. They dress her like an HR rep when we first meet her, but it is not because she's fat. It's and she doesn't even Mm -hmm. she looks like an office worker, not necessarily an HR rep. Yeah, the collars is steamed Um, and starched. But it's not because she's fat; it's because she's a nerd. And then, Mm, yeah, like yes, in the series, she has some ridiculous outfits. But is it because she's fat? No, it's because it's a fucking decom. And they always yeah, have yeah, ridiculous yeah. outfits. Like it is like she is a dancer, she is a cheerleader, she is yeah. like, you know, she's not a main character, but like she is still she is solid fat representation. Mm. And I love it. Absolutely. It like mm, I will yeah. I will die on the hill that Martha Cox was like the best that we got in Y2K. That's true. There weren't many in the, they try, remember they tried to say Raven Simone was the fat girl. Like you could not even close. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It's curves people. It's curves and breasts and an ass. The girl, which again, Y2K was allergic to Y2K. Just like the fact that like, Yes, the bootylicious era, but mm-hmm. like in the Miss New Booty era, but like again, it was like it was very much like we don't want anybody to have asses. Like we need yeah. like asses is the enemy. Yep. <laughs> like asses are the enemy. Like 
it and now it's completely the opposite it's like bbls and and get work your ass in in the gym there's so many videos about how to to get juicy ass butt buns nowadays it's almost even stricter and harder to keep up with the body standards though because they're like have a huge ass boobs, but make sure everything else slim waist snatched snatched waist you got to have your arms toned Mm -hmm. so you got to be slim thick you got to be slim thick or you got to have like the donkey on your back if you're not or like the hourglass figure or you can like i've been seeing more resurgence of like love for the pear shape but you've got to be that perfect pear shape where like the the hips are like completely exaggerated and this the the upper weight it's 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 crazy and like, woe is me it's because sad. I actually like, I was, I'm built, I think a lot like Christina Schmidt, except that I had all these fucked up, like weird food issues. And so mm-hmm. I had my growth spurt, but I also like kept eating like I was growing and whatever. And like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be the size that I am. And I know that because I have no tits and I have no ass. And I have amazing legs. I have, (laughs) I didn't wear pants for the longest time because like I got these, my legs are like, they're defined and shapely, but they're small in comparison to the rest of my body. (laughs) It is so hard. Buying a bra is like the hardest thing in the world for me because they're like, does not compute small, but a small breast, large band size. Can't do it. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. When I worked at Victoria's Secret, they claimed that the most popular bra size in America was a 38B. Mm. They told me. Interesting. A 38B. Yeah. The last wow. time I went to Victoria's Secret, they told me I was a 38 double D. Um, and I tried on Mm-mm. that bra and the band size was tight and I was swimming. Swimming, swimming in them, yeah. Swimming in them cups in his fucking floaty with the joint. big ass, yeah. The because like that's I I titties suck because it's like if you don't have like the shape of the titties that they want to put in the bra, you're you're yeah. you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Like anything other than like melon titties, they are not what they're designing bras for. Mm-hmm. So. And I do not have perky melon titties. So it's like, and my boobs aren't big. They're like a B cup, but I still get told, oh, I have double D's. And I'm like, no, I don't. They're just not like, they're, <laughs> these things are like two handfuls. Oh my God. And I, and like, I'm using both my hand. Like there's no, there's no more titty. In- <laughs> and they keep telling me I'm a double D. And I'm like, that's not, there's, that's back fat, honey. That's not titty. No. And you know. It sucks. It sucks. But we have. <laughs> we do that. We do that. You know what? I'm, I'm like, there, I want to bring it back to episode. a. Either our listeners are into us or they're not. They, they know. What no, they we did put out. Before. Oh, we can't even publish that episode to YouTube, Caroline, because it's too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube said, fuck your three hour episode. We're not hosting what that shit. We're not dealing with you. 10 hour it's there's a limit to have, like, yeah, i didn't know hours. that it's, you know, uh, i don't know i know there are 10 video. hour videos and it's I like oh it can only email. be two hours i think i did get an email i forgot what number it was around they were like you can now upload like really long form videos 
Oh yeah, we've got to we've got to build up that basis for. But I mean, it's good that we're even allowed to post. I think they relaxed it because years ago I tried to post something that was like over a half hour, mm-hmm. and they were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're like fuck your fuck your video it's too long and now we're posting videos that are over two hours or over an hour and i didn't i thought we got past the two hour mark but i guess we didn't well, to know that so. you know. but yeah no i think that uh i was trying to i think we got to this by way of terry and just the the, the fact that y2k was just a rough time for anyone over anyone of a certain body type it was just rough anyone of and i really except for like three body types Mm -hmm. right right and i mean to talk about spinner's character i think that like i mean i don't want to take it to the categories but i had a revelation about spinner's character arc and where he fits in for me in in this in the rankings of this season and I'm not going to spoil it, but I think that the fact that he kind of has this transformation of like being the chubby kid last season and then kind of going through not like, like Shane going through not liking how he looked on camera and just being like, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get my, you know, get my body to where I want it to be. And then being like, we're just going to have to completely rewrite your character now because this is not your character. Um, (laughs) I just think that it's crazy to think of, okay, I'm on camera at 12 years old and I'm looking and I have this footage and people are rewatching it all. Like he says, he doesn't rewatch these episodes. He doesn't rewatch anything up until like season six. I think he Mm -hmm. said, if you ever ever in a room with Shane Kippel and you want him to get the fuck out, put on the grass, put on. Yeah. He's like, he will, he will run from that shit. And I mean, I get it to a certain extent because it's like, I I wouldn't want to watch footage of anything Mm -hmm. from when I'm 12 years old. Mm -hmm. 12 to 15 is like a wasteland. I start looking like pleasant to the eyes again around 16, I guess. I was a theater kid (laughs) when I was in like middle school. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm so glad that my parents were not the parents who recorded shit. Mm. (laughs) I'm so glad. They just snapped a photo or two and let it be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless them. Back when yeah, I mean, it's an awkward stage. Yeah. Right, <laughs> those large-ass fixtures on your hand could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, um, <laughs> they were expensive. Yeah, I was like, not, which was a lot of money. A gallon of gas was less than a dollar. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what's cool about season two is it's one of the last seasons that we're getting like the growth spurts and the different looks from that are so drastic from season to season Mm -hmm. because I think that like what as we get into like season four season five season six those are the seasons where their hair changes and stuff but they but they tend to start looking pretty like like, pretty consistent season yeah right like they're not gonna there's not gonna be any drastic changes like emma grows into a lot of her physique but i feel like she people always say she glows up a lot but i'm like i think that she just like grows up in general and that she looked this like like i think she's it's pretty predictable how she's gonna look from season one Um, but it is a drastic like young emma is a good picture of like the awkwardness of youth you know Mm -hmm. 
she her teeth haven't quite figured out like her face yet her or her you know, like you can see like where it's gonna go clearly if you're sitting and watching Degrassi straight through you're like oh yes I'm watching this transition this makes sense she really doesn't look that different it's just that she grows out of her awkward stage mm-hmm. and like I don't know we all had one of those right mm-hmm. most yeah of I definitely I yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm still hella awkward. I mean, it's it's definitely like this is the the second time where I'm like, okay, pretty much everybody looks. I think for, with the exception of JT, JT is probably the last of the main cast yes. who still has to go through that like growth spurt yes. to look like himself. Yeah. And he, because like him and Manny are probably and even Manny still pretty much like grow like she's gonna grow into her face more Mm -hmm. and her voice is gonna deepen a little bit but like she doesn't she looks pretty much the same now Mm -hmm. as she's going to look she's gonna grow a little bit more but like in the first season she looked like a fetus yeah like her and Emma they look so like young so very young um, I think Emma looks a little bit older than her still, <laughs> but uh, they're definitely like it's just JT hanging on. Even Toby, Toby looks like a Toby. pretty much how he's gonna go on and look. He looks so he's so cute in this season. Um, I justice for Toby. Justice I know that we haven't talked Toby. about. I, I know I, I have a personal theory just about when his character as it is now goes into the black hole and it's way before he actually goes off screen. Um, It's going to happen soon where they just basically reduce him to a sidekick of JT's and he doesn't even have his own plots anymore. Mm. Um, And it's crazy that you always forget. I always forget that he's had so many plots in the beginning of the show and the him along with Ashley, like were the first couple characters you saw after a while like they were getting the the leading plots yeah i feel like in season one it's definitely overall an ensemble piece but you can Mm -hmm. see that Mm -hmm. like the leads were going to be emma and ashley Mm -hmm. and toby or maybe not even Mm -hmm. ashley honestly i feel like emma and toby i feel like season one the grade eights are so much more one-dimensional than the grade sevens mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. yeah, no, I think that Toby and Emma were meant to be the like front runners of this ensemble. You know what's something? Yeah. I heard, I forgot where I heard this information from, but I heard that Toby was supposed to have a significant role in, I don't remember... When does Kendra come in? Is that season three? No, no, she comes in. Season no, Kendra's. Two. She leaves. Okay. Season she's mid. She's. Yeah. In the season three, I heard that Kendra role was supposed to become bigger, and Toby was like supposed to get her knocked up and pregnant. But then yes. her too, family, I've heard that. her family wouldn't go along with it. They were like, "We're not having our daughter partake in this." I don't blame them for that. And uh, so then yeah. they were like, "We're gonna do it with someone else, and we're gonna take." her character out completely and his character demote yeah right like he doesn't get that which is so dumb that, and i mean well we all know which swap they made it they we all know which swap they uh <laughs> right they did 
And those characters go on to, and I mean, that's a huge decision if that's completely that, which I can see that being true of that. Cause Toby was just always, and I mean, they do have Craig set up. Uh, I spoiled it. It's Craig and Manny, obviously. Um, (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) Guys, this show is old. (laughs) Um, Like, that is a huge demotion because look at what happens. Like, Craig already was set up on his own little train track of having this arc about his father and that whole thing. Like, he had his own thing going on over there. Him and Manny, sure, that would have been a plot, but... Toby and Kendra oh would have literally been in the same position as Craig and Manny, yeah. which is crazy because that would mean that just Kendra stays around. She's not black hole. She's actually a fixture well, on the show. And I feel like that storyline works and I don't know how, what they had written, but like, I don't see mm-hmm. that working with Toby and Kendra. And I think that it's stupid that we got robbed of Kendra because her parents wouldn't let her do a storyline that di- doesn't make sense for their characters. Exactly. They could have did, yeah. yeah, did, did something else because and I, I mean, it just seemed that, like. That makes me mad, quite frankly. Yeah, we, got, we were robbed. Is an amazing character. And she could have been utilized in other ways. I feel like she's very outspoken and she could have been alongside Emma in like her GM foods, you know, quest. She could have, she like, she, I think more than, um, than Emma, not like having to be a cause girl, but she can be outspoken in social issues. And she just seems like that kind of person that's going to like, stand up and talk and like and more relatable to people than emma is like emma can just really be an alien when she wants to be in terms of relating to her peers and we we were 100 percent robbed of kendra's character of getting her of seeing her do anything else she never got any plot other than being attached to toby um but those couple doses of her that we get of her being like i like you Mm -hmm. and i you're my favorite person to be around but like I don't want to be around you all the time. Yeah. What seventh grader is able to articulate that in such a, like a succinct, mature, lighthearted way that it doesn't hurt the person's feelings. And you're like, I don't know. Like it's the, the glimpses we get of her, we were robbed at gunpoint because she would have been so great utilized in another way. And they just scrapped it probably because they were upset that, they, they didn't get what they wanted as far as the writing goes. I have my own little beef to pick with the Degrassi writer's room. I have the Degrassi props department that I like to fire shots at. And I will fire shots at the writer's room as well. I haven't in a while, but it's fine. Um, always, you, you know, stay ready. I just think it's, big <laughs> it's, it's a big mistake not to... <laughs> It's a, it's uh it's horrible not to utilize Kendra. And I mean Toby as well. I think that Toby had a lot of potential and I love their like their relationship. It was so cute the like them working together on tech projects and mm-hmm. stuff for Mr. Simpson and when anime nerds as, as like a little when they're <laughs> working on they're running the like Luau King and Queen thing. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Kendra makes some comment about like how ridiculous it is to care about that shit. And Toby's like, that's why I love you. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to like good girl gone bad her and like Manny Santos her out. 
And I think that mm-hmm. when they couldn't do that because their parents wouldn't allow it, I can't believe that Cassie Steele's parents allowed for it. I wouldn't have never allowed my child <laughs> to do it, how, any of that shit. So I don't blame Kendra's yeah. parents. But I'm like, that one of the girls from the later seasons, and I don't even think she did half as much shit from Degrassi said that she <laughs> fucked with her head. And I think she said she was in therapy. The girl that played Fiona, I want to say. Oh, okay. I was going to say um, Melissa, uh, Melinda Shankar. Um, I mean, I don't know if I pronounced her last name right, but because Allie's character, she, uh, Allie as a character went through similar, because there's, there's, we've got our Emmas and we've got our Mannies. Yeah. And everybody knows this. This is, this is <laughs> historically true in Degrassi. You've got your Emmas, you've got your Mannies, you've got your Craigs. Got I don't really know of any. You got your Craig and you've got your Eli. I would say you also have your. I would throw Miles in there Ooh. as they tried to make him Craig. And they tried to make him a Craig. You have a page too, but like you don't. Have yes, you have a page. You totally have a page. Everybody you else don't is like have page. Everybody else's no. token like best friend. I feel like is more fleshed out than Hazel. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, they get justice so for like, Hazel. Justice for <laughs> Hazel. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely. Um, it, I th- like the the OGs make it very easy to like it, because you got to have like the main character who's so self important and like gets all of the all of the plots, but we don't really care about her. Yep. <laughs> At least I don't. If you care about Emma, that's fine. That's completely fine. But then you have like the edgy best friend yep. who is got to find her own way and doesn't want to just be the best friend and wants to be sexy and, you know, and get a boyfriend. And mm. that's like four characters. Mm. <laughs> um, you have your manis and your, or your Emma's and your manis. Yeah. You do. And your pages, but um, you were saying I, I that think that Allie's actress, yeah, that she went through a lot, and similar to how Manny goes through her own like transformation of being a thong girl mm-hmm. and then a wrong girl, mm-hmm. um, she goes through. It starts with her changing at yeah, school and everything, the and then. Yes, she's doing the Stephanie K thing. She yeah. absolutely is. And then she just her wanting to date up and she's a freshman wanting to date a senior. And then she's has sex before she's really ready to have sex. And all of these things that are like as plot lines kind of exploitative for the actress, if you really think about it, because it's a lot of it is based on how she looks. Like you're not going to have like, it's not, it's not really like Emma's journey is different. She's not the seen as like the innocent girl. Mm-hmm. She goes from being like the uh, the smart girl, I guess the like good kid, mm-hmm. but like she's never like the the cute girl that nobody takes seriously, like Manny is. Mm-hmm. And having to go through that transformation really makes her like over sexualized. Mm-hmm. Like she's sexualized from the beginning, but it's in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks she's cute. It's pointed out how adorable and high pitched her voice is. And then she goes on to be like showing her ass being like literally exposed on camera. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's just so many like 
and I think it's crazy that these actresses look similar. Like they're petite, they're like they have brown hair, they're doe-eyed, they don't they're very cute until they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very much like, and I mean, they're both, they're, most of them are minorities as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize that, but Manny's, uh, is her, is um, Cassie Steele Filipino? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her mom is Filipino. Okay. Yeah. Um, because in the show, she's Filipino. Is she Filipino as well? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's actually pretty on par casting then, because um, <laughs> a lot of the times they get that so wrong. But uh, and then Melinda Shankar is uh, is is Indian American, so it's Indian definitely Canadian. like I, oh, is she American? Indian Canadian. Sorry, America is not the default. I'm just you know it's <sighs> sometimes words they just attach themselves to each other, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for, for Manny's Thong Girl, Wrong Girl era, but it's also like it is the closing of her carrying around a Powerpuff Girls backpack and <laughs> literally in, in inhaling cotton candy yeah, and shit no, like that and being excited about clowns. And, it's, <laughs> and like, even if she didn't go Thong Girl, Wrong Girl, she wasn't going to be cute forever. None of us are. Just she kidding. wasn't going to be cute. cute. Right. You guys are so cute. Um, we don't all have to go Miley Cyrus, though. Like, we don't all have to go, like, balls to the wall, literally, to, like, <laughs> to get to announce our sexuality. But I feel like that's kind of, it's a similar thing of, like, okay, there, I'm attached to a, a wholesome brand. Mm-hmm. And I've got to bust out of that wholesome brand in a a violent way so that you can, that no one attaches me to that anymore. I feel like if Manny, if Cassie Steele's parents had not signed off for her to do all that crazy stuff in season three and beyond, I really feel that Degrassi would have walked her character out the door. Oh, a hundred percent. I would love to talk to Cassie about that because I think that that's probably pretty true to what that, you know, like it's like it when they have a vision for your character on this show it seems like they're only so willing to rework that vision mm-hmm. they're only but like it, we're gonna give you a little but like from what shane said like we're not consulting the kids we are but we're not right. like we're gonna consult you in a way of like uh we want the realism added to these characters we want them fleshed out we want them to feel like real kids but also we're not going to consult you about lines we're not like dialogue like we want you to say it as we write it like things like that it just seems like they didn't really ask them about um so i mean it mm. It just seems like it, it, that it's exploitative that like her whole, like she's so PG. Mm-hmm. She's G mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she's general audiences. There's no edge to her at all. Like she is cotton candy, sugar plum princess. And then she's in a thong the next season. Right. Like it's, it's like when you think about it, like the fact that in that fantasy sequence with her and Craig, she literally looks like a, a princess. Like how little yeah. girls yeah. dress up and think of themselves dressing up yeah. at, and, and then they've got their Prince Charming. Yeah. And I mean, you could argue to an extent after that episode, because Craig literally fucking breaks her heart and then like yeah. stomps on it, yeah. um, that she kind of undergoes a little bit of a, of a, 
of a grown up kind of like like she gets a little bit more life experience at that point so she does not feel as childish but she gets she's still flashbacks whenever anybody decorates a locker <laughs> that literally Toshi's like uh looks at Toby like uh, uh bruh I think that you should rethink oh, this yeah. shit because oh, yeah. shit I forgot about she that she is like right she's like literally don't <laughs> save yourself the pain it's like the I think maybe that is the turning point for that they want us to kind of hinge on is that she's not as innocent and wide-eyed anymore or because Craig has kind of like broken the glass on her fantasy world mm. and now she realizes that like she doesn't know everything and it's possible that she doesn't know best and how to fix situations and she's kind of in a tailspin of like I can't be positive about all of this this shit sucks right. so <laughs> maybe that's a little bit of a turning point but it's it's definitely like it's giving like kids little girl playing dress up and in her fantasy mm-hmm. in her little play world and then she's in a thong i love like how 10 episodes later to wrap up pre-talk has mostly been about seasons three and beyond <laughs> i know all right let's let's rein it in because we're ADD, like oh we're so excited ADHD. <laughs> and bianca you look uh, you look tired are you tired I no, no, no. I'm, I, this is my writing hour so i'm good i stay up late Oh, okay. Wait, Beautiful. before we bring it in, um, I just want to say something. I want to say uh, everyone wants to laugh about, oh, teenagers in like Euphoria or whatever the show is, teen show is, Vampire Diaries. They look so old. It, well, you know what? I respect a show that puts young adults as teenagers rather than actual. I don't, I'm so against it. I've seen it in Hollywood. I've seen it. It's a very disturbing thing. I think that if I had a show and I I was running a teen show, you got to be 18. Yeah. Yeah, No, I can get behind that. Although I also feel like euphoria takes it too far. I don't, I don't even really really want to see grown ass adults in the situation, like portraying teenagers in these situations. The amount of times I've seen Sydney Sweeney's titties casually minding my own fucking business. They're lovely titties. titties. They're beautiful. They're top notch. They are top notch titties, but I've been minding my fucking business and I see these titties. So like, (laughs) they're easily accessible. Put them out there one time. I know where to find them if I need to see them. I know where they Yes. And it it sucks because it definitely like I think that I agree with you, Bianca, about like we've got to protect the kids. We've got to keep them out like there's no way that a show would be able to put a 15 year old in a thong. Mm, No. And I actually don't think that Cassie was 15. I think that she was like 14. I think that she was like 14 because she was younger than everybody else. She was the youngest person. She and I are the same age. In 2003, I was 13. Mm-hmm. She actually said that that whole sequence of them, again, bringing it back to being Thong Girl, Wrong Girl, was her inspired by her in real life. She said it in a recent, um, I, it was either a TikTok or it was like some other, maybe a podcast or something like that. But mm-hmm. her just saying that like, yeah, I 
had a similar thing. I was trying to prove myself as the youngest person on set. Mm. And I didn't want everybody to think that I was young and, and naive. And I don't know if she said naive, but like she said young and like the youngest person. So she dressed up and a thong was involved. It was not bedazzled, but she said a thong was involved. And then um, not even a couple weeks later, it was written into the show where, and everybody on set knew where that came from. Mm-hmm. That's it was. <laughs> what is Degrassi that like no visible underwear is like seems to be the only rule of the dress code? I know. And no hats and sunglasses in class. Oh, they're no so lax. They're so lax. Take it with prop like, top. The, like, the, the outfit she wears <laughs> in the next episode is not. That never would have flown. Like, I went yeah. to a cult for high school and you could have worn that to school, but you would have heard a hell of a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I agree. It's definitely like, it doesn't really, I don't think it's based in reality. We had a fucking rule about... I was going to say, it had to be, like, you couldn't wear spaghetti straps. They had to be two fingers. Yeah, my district before cult school called it lasagna straps. And they would, like, especially before dances, like, the announcements would be like, and please remember, you know, that nothing thinner than lasagna straps is allowed. And, I mean, even, like, uh, skirts. Like, I I still sometimes catch myself when I'm wearing a skirt, putting my hand. Yes, putting my fingers down and seeing, like, okay, is it fingertip length? (laughs) And I have, like, I've always had, like, thighs for days. And we used to call them thunder thighs back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, I I don't know. I'm fine with that still. But there's a little bit of a negative connotation for this. (laughs) Like, I'll take thunder thighs, but I don't know. But, uh so my skirts always kind of rode up. So the the fingertip length for me, it was just like, okay, this is still, this is like church. This is churchly. I'm just going to pull this. It's going to go up naturally. And I'm still going to look like I'm wearing something shorter, but like I, you know, for the girls that were skinnier, like those fingertip length skirts look like you were like a mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> like in the era of mini skirts, we were just denim mini skirts. I was done. <laughs> like, come on. But yeah, um, Degrassi and their fucking dress codes. Uh, let me think about other arcs in season two. So, okay, so we, meet does... Craig, we get Craig's abuse storyline and then Craig's dead dad storyline. We see Joey mm-hmm. and the perils of um, non trauma informed foster care. Um, we've got Toby and Kendra, we've got Paige, we've got the shout storyline, um, which is huge. And I think kind of the first real, like, that's when Paige becomes a real character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have notes. <laughs> yes, please share. Let me pull them up. Mm-hmm. I had notes that I totally forgot about to read now. <laughs> uh, your shots fired segments are, are hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we really try. I mean, it's they, they be given so much good material. Though. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're they funny. Really do. Oh, I had some notes about how to lose a son in 10 days, which you guys said about Craig's dad was interesting. Because, you know, I've listened to some Degrassi podcasts and no one ever really, I mean, obviously he's a horrible person, but like no one ever really mm-hmm. humanizes uh, Albert Manning. And, and that was interesting how you guys did that. You know, I wonder, did something happen? We don't know Albert's backstory. Did something go on with him? And the questions about his um, ex-wife that you guys brought up, that's a real interesting question. Yeah. Because, right. Which, like, with the way that Joey is surrounding all of that, I Either he didn't mm, or it's Julia hard didn't trust yeah. him enough to tell him. Right. And like... Because it's like, I definitely have... I, I know we said on the episode that I think we both have a, a hard time believing that this was the first person that he abused. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem likely. Like, it would seem like this behavior... Like this, way of hitting someone about it versus dealing with your emotions as they come up doesn't seem like it's going to manifest prominently in your 40s or your your mid-30s like this is some shit that's been a brew in your whole life and this is most likely how you coped your whole life yeah um so yeah it's also i don't know i had a friend whose dad wasn't abusive until the stock market fucking crashed well, that shit. Like that's the thing, like, mm. and or wasn't physically abusive. That's hard. Say. I think like right. the abusive behavior is there, but it's possible that it wasn't physical until it was physical. You mm. know, and do we? Like, um, would Julia have like? I mean, I guess it's like up to the courts of what kind of custody you get, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so I was thinking about this while rewatching uh, Tears Are Not Enough earlier, and just that, um, uh, gosh, why did I lose it as soon as I brought it up? Hang on, hang on. No, keep going. It'll come back. Well, Tears <laughs> Are Not Enough is interesting because, like, Oh, wait, I got it. Go, I got it. I got it. Because go, I was just making okay. something up. <laughs> okay. In the hallway, when Craig goes to visit his dad and in the hospital, he is talking to the patient. And I don't know why I never noticed what he actually says to the patient, but he says, please don't worry. I've done this operation hundreds of times. I guarantee success. Mm-hmm is what he says. And I think that that made me realize that like, and I I think it kind of lends to this, like, okay, maybe he did, maybe something did happen to make him physically abusive where he would have just prior, maybe been verbally emotionally abusive. Um, It's possible that the pressure of being a surgeon and having that amount of like my actions directly correlate with if someone has a life altering outcome like i could be the difference between someone living i could be the difference between someone being able to to walk being able to function as they were prior to me touching them all of these things i think that that's definitely i mean stressful that's an extremely stressful job and there's a level and that's a lot of pressure there's a lot of pressure there there's also like 
a lot of people either develop or go into being a surgeon with a bit of a God complex, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and like that, that line actually always bugs me. And especially now that I I just started a Grey's Anatomy rewatch and like the number Mm -hmm. of times that they're like, well, there is a risk with any surgery. Yeah. We don't guarantee. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you don't. And I mean, I think it kind of struck me for that reason, too, is like for and I know that that's why they gave him those couple lines, because it's like you're meant to see how high his standard of perfection is, not just for Craig, it's for himself as well. Like he is upset with Craig for not using a coaster. Yeah. right. And he tells them that he always screws up. Mm-hmm. For things like being late when he told him, okay, you need to be home when uh, the street lights are on, whatever the fuck he says, by a certain time. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I got I got immersed in, in my the light and everything. And he's like, you, that's, you fucked up. You fucked up. Like all of the, these tiny things that are indicative of being a teenager and a kid set him off to where he's like, no, you, you're a screw up. You, you fuck up too much. Mm-hmm. And and it's because he would not give that, to, he would not allow that of himself. Like he, and I think it's more me growing up and realizing that a lot of how people treat you is how they treat themselves. Yep. And it's like the the hard, the, how hard and rigid he is on Craig and how abusive he is to Craig. Like I know that like not physically abusing himself, but he's emotionally beating himself the fuck up. Yeah all the time you can't hold people to the same standards that you hold yourself like you just Mm -hmm. cannot because the same things aren't important to anyone else Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. people don't have the same backstory they don't have the same like neurodivergencies as you or lack thereof and like you just can't like one of my things I'm very much a person where like if I'm not 15 minutes early I'm late so I'm always going to be early. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. hold anybody else to that standard. And like, honestly, unless it's more than 15 minutes late, I'm not even going to be that upset if you're late without like letting me know. But like, I'm yeah. always going to be early. Mm-hmm. And you can't, because you can't, yeah. it's not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to them. Like, don't do it. And Albert, unfortunately, didn't have time to learn that. Because he was too busy learning how to be a surgeon. Yeah. It's unfortunate because Craig really isn't, he's such a sensitive person that all of this is so, he wants connection from his dad so badly and it's dripping from him. You can see how much he's just like, I just want you to accept me. I just want you to like not abuse me because you think that I'm fucking up all the time. Like it, it, it's like a rejection of who he is. And like his father is basically indicating that the reason that he abuses him is because he always screws up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's which is devastating. And how many fucking years are you going to, is that going to take to unpack? Because that's hitting your self-esteem, man. Their last conversation is his father hitting him for the last time. And then being like, it's, I do this because you screw up. And then, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then Craig makes the impossible decision to like go non, no contact 
and like make mm-hmm. it official mm-hmm. that Joey is his guardian and like all of this shit. And like, yeah, you can look at it like <sighs> Albert solved the problem for him. But really, Albert took away that power from him. Not that he went and died oh, yeah. on purpose, but like, like there's there's closure that Craig doesn't get now. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. He ended the conversation. Yeah. Yep. He made it so that there's never going to be any sort of reprieve anything it's like craig has to do that work himself now because it's like albert's like abdicated any possibility of resolution or even his ability to like tell him how he feels to his face and like be like the fact that he's able to say like oh okay you're saying it's never going to happen again how many times have you said that like it it doesn't mean anything. And like the, the, all the things that he's able to say that give him power, it's like, they're really stripped from him just as quickly because he doesn't, he doesn't have the last word. He doesn't get to recover from that. He's processing that his dad literally just said, I beat you because you screw up. Right. He's right. got to process that. And he's like, what the fuck just happened? And then his dad leaves and, then his... and drives erratically because he's angry at Craig and dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is why. I'm and Craig's still the next day. Oh I'm my sorry. gosh! And so I, I approved somebody's post in the Degrassi group that said, uh, "I'm a," because <laughs> uh, one of the questions is, "What is your who's your favorite character?" And the answer was Craig because I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Craig. just like, first of all, Craig is a very controversial character i I feel like he's similar to ellie Mm -hmm. but in a different way Mm -hmm. to where okay he starts off so strong to where he's got such a compelling intro Mm -hmm. you're just like oh my gosh i feel for this kid like this kid is so like he's he's got he's being pulled in so many different directions and like you really do feel for him but then his evolution he just really turns into something that i don't really care for yeah so i i really like him in the beginning i feel for i'm there with him emotionally in the beginning and then he just loses me in a couple seasons if 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 even that long jake is such a good actor that they were (laughs) just like let's we're gonna keep giving him the heavy hitters yeah yeah Mm -hmm. we're gonna keep Mm -hmm. you on this this melodrama choo-choo train and i mean it sucks because i think that the the show definitely this is a good season balance wise i know we talk about like when we say does it go there um we always kind of want to bring it up that okay this episode was foundational and it's not necessarily a heavy hitter episode where we're getting our incident because right we've just been because because we need yes and i mean i think that as we go on we don't really get those episodes as much we're getting so much devastation or drama or something versus, oh, Liberty is being dictatorial on the floor hockey team. Right. <laughs> and uh, fucking JT is doing gerbil duty with Mrs. Hot Talacos. When palm <laughs> like, reading goes get... wrong. Yeah. When palm reading goes so wrong. Also, in this it's episode, like not... Joey sells his house. it's we're like oh my gosh it's so funny the way that like we don't get 
we're like it's like they increase the drama mm-hmm. at going forward whereas i think they're a little bit more dedicated still to like pacing themselves mm-hmm. and they take this is still the format of an entire school year yeah is being covered here which they change an entire school year equals one season right. and that will change soon um so it's a lot more of a progression i think that that's one thing i really do like about season two it's like mm-hmm you get an arc that really you can kind of draw from a line across the season. Whereas in the future, you kind of got to get a pin board out and that, like that meme with the guy with the string that he looks haggard. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like, like you've got to get on that level to keep up with this shit towards the end. But like, this is very linear. Um, You get Marco and Ellie and like their will, they won't they, but we know they never will. (laughs) Like we get Ashley and being like, I'm God or no, be Ashley being like, I am on the outs. Um, Oh wait, no, I'm on the ins. Oh wait, no, now I'm on the outs again permanently. And I'm going to be alternative now. I've got a friend. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot about how like season one Degrassi was, as we all know, confirmed by John Hamm was a um, blueprint for Mad Men in that it's way more character-driven <laughs> than it is plot-driven. Um, the way you say that was so much, like, I, when you're just I have, full of baloney. I have an air of authority about me. It's the foundation. Yeah, it's the blueprint for Mad Men. It's where we go from here. Like, mm. we can't, you can't have the rest of the series without season two because this is where we really lock in on a lot of the struggles and the characterizations that these kids are going to continue to have. It's also mm-hmm. though where it becomes a lot more plot driven. Yeah. Oh, totally. You have a lot more fun in season two. I was so fucking excited to leave season one because season one form wise is so episodic. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very episodic and it's good, but it's like episode one or, you know, episodes one and two, Mother and Child Reunion, are mm-hmm. very, like, after-school special. Mm-hmm. And then everything mm-hmm. kind of stops being after-school special for the most part for the rest of that season. And so it's just, like, very low-stakes episodic, a lot of it. Mm. And yeah. It's like, we, all, we said, like, oh, it starts with such a bang, but it's like a bang that fizzles because it really doesn't go it does go where it tells us it's going to go, but it also kind of doesn't. And we don't get that payoff of like really coming back to Emma and talking to her about what's, how did it affect her? Right. Are you, are you in therapy? Whereas in this season, right. we see Paige mid season, you know, go through an issue, uh, an issue. We see Paige mid season um, be assaulted and mm-hmm. that we get the payoff of not that long after of seeing her deal with it where she thinks, okay, I am in the Degrassi universe. I can just continue and, and move on and not Whatever address this. But I then know it's I like, can nope. through. <laughs> but then it's like, no, mm-hmm. Paige, we're going to, this is the Degrassi uh, season two. We're going to kind of right. run the reels back and we're going to have you confront it because it's like, this is an art. We're establishing art. Mm-hmm. It's still not over. This is something that stretches again through a couple more seasons. And we really do get 
a, a like you and I think I said it in uh, pages in the OG how soon is uh, not uh, how soon is now time stands still um, is it time stands still no uh, which one are you talking, how soon is uh, not how soon is now shout no. shout um, I think I said it in the episode about shout about how you can just watch the episodes that are Paige's storyline and you are getting like from beginning to end and like they focus on them exclusively in those episodes and they are continuations of her of her arc they're usually not b plots they don't no, make shout pages recovery oh oh you mean pages well, no i mean like pages yeah. yeah pages struggles her arc with um her sexual assault are not I'm, i i believe they're not put in the b i'm so excited to like we're about to get into the sweet years of degrassi i feel like like the really the cream mm-hmm. of the crop the gold and i'm so excited yes. to get into it and then it and then we get to the boiling point Three to, I think the, uh, people have agreed because I think it's around season six that people start to get annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so three to five is, I guess, the gold the golden era. It was, I think, I think so. I was gonna. I would that. allow six in there, but I don't hate six. But that's I like. Six. Is that where Manny does the drugs and Craig gets her to do the cocaine? Right, I think actually Loki loved that. Like when Manny had the, yes. the dark hair and the long, like just about the bangs and the long straight hair. I love that. I love that. that was I love that. It looks so good on her. It looks so good on her. But um, I was gonna, say, yeah, though, I think that is before we leave the page thing. I saw an mm-hmm. article, and it put Degrassi. It was like a list of shows that portrayed sexual assault the worst in a list of shows that portrayed it the best. And they said one of the best examples mm-hmm. was Paige's storyline in Degrassi, the next generation. And they said that mm-hmm. the, the person it was about was front and center. The story was about her. It wasn't a plot device. Mm-hmm. Like so many times, you know, it is. And I thought that that was yeah. really interesting. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I would agree with that assessment. I think it doesn't, like not only is sexual assault so often used as a plot device it's used as character development and i think it's a really lazy way to do character development and i think there can be merit to telling like so often that story is told for no reason other than either shock factor or Mm -hmm. lazy character development and mm-hmm. I feel like with Paige, it's so like it goes on to so like, not. and I think that yeah, it's not. It really is a like they 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 tell it super well. They're very even like I know we were talking about with Charlie on that episode, down to the way that they depict her um, her daydreams mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way that it's filmed. It's so much like a an encapsulation of what is going on with like it's it's so hazy and out of focus at times and like yeah caught off guard there's a lot of really smart storytelling well and i love that uh, like uh, techniques you know it's not it doesn't make her stronger which is you know so i'm like i hate that whole like oh well it makes you stronger like no no, it doesn't. I am yeah. strong and I got through it. And I think Paige, you know, 
is such a strong person. She is powerful and strong and fierce. And yeah. we don't, t- it doesn't take that away from her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she processes it. Like, I think that's the, one of the things that I really love about the way that they depicted it. It's not that she is as soon as she walks out of that room with Dean, that she's like, I was raped. Mm-hmm. She never, she doesn't, that's not, it's not like an, like an after school special. It's like, it's not like she's stumbling out of the room and, and put, picks up her bra strap and her clothes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> I was raped or, you know, like grabbing onto somebody like the beginning of an SVU episode. Mm-hmm. Those have merit. But I also, I think that the way that she literally is like, I didn't want to do it, Hazel. Mm-hmm. And having to have a conversation and step away from that and like, it be hours later and still not realize that she was, she knows that something happened. She knows that it wasn't right, but she does not assign that word to it. She processes in love of like, okay, like I I was assaulted, but it takes her a second yeah. to get there. And she still blames herself. Mm-hmm. She's like, I didn't go up, you know, like I did these things. I set myself up for it and et cetera. And it's like the, the story goes with her. All, like every step of the way and it's not judging her it's like this is where Paige is at right now yeah like and then even in how soon is now this is where Paige is at right now because she's saying like okay Miss Silve I really this has been great for me but I don't need this every day like I need to cut back on seeing you because I need to put this behind me like I'm ready to move forward and she realizes that like the past is always going to kind of it's not resolved like these things that you there's things that you kind of need to handle Mm. and they're going to keep popping up and it's not always when you're ready for it and I think that's a big adult lesson that they kind of pepper in I'm really really excited to see like how it progresses too because I just started like I don't want to get into Mm -hmm. season three but thinking about how it carries into season three and like it kind of it affects her more in season three and beyond than it does yeah. in season two because mm-hmm. there's like there's like the hurt and not that there's not anger that comes along with being violated that way but I think there's a lot more hurt than there is anger and then or at least for Paige there is and then you go to then like trying to get justice And the anger that comes from that process and the like erratic behavior that we see as a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has, she experienced all of that. Like even the the point where she's just like, fuck this, fuck everybody, because I did what I was supposed to do. I went through the motions and I still didn't get what I wanted. And then she goes off the, you know, deep end, so to speak, and does some reckless things because she's so she wants power back she wants some kind of like voice in this situation and she doesn't feel like she's been given it um it's such a powerful like from beginning to end the way they tell it i appreciate how they commit to telling it over time yeah. how there's they let time pass and then they come back because that's how it ultimately and, and i mean even again, not to skip too forward ahead, but like when they come and they and she's informed of the date that she has to go to court, 
she's like, really now? Mm-hmm. Like she's not even thinking about it anymore. Right. And it still comes back because that is the fucking legal system yeah. and it sucks um, <laughs> how long things take sometimes. And it, it really is so realistic. It's realistic. And it's well done. I, it, it, uh, doesn't, it doesn't feel cheap in a way that a lot no. of sexual or exploitative media feels cheap or exploitative or lazy Mm -hmm. yeah there's no rape revenge element which is a a hard genre that i truly Mm -hmm. despise um like i spit on your grave uh the last house on the left those sort of films i it's just like i kind of despise any sort of violence against women that just fuels violence against other people like i mean it doesn't it's just not there are ways there is like a way to tell that story and there are several ways Mm -hmm. not to tell that story and unfortunately (laughs) more often than not in our media that story is told poorly and for the wrong reasons yeah yeah absolutely um and i mean I think if if we're thinking about the top, not top two, but like the more, the issues that we got this season that were very much like the heavier issues, it would be Paige's assault and, and Craig's, um, abuse. Craig's abuse. Yeah. Um, I think the Emma Snake relationship um, is opening, is like laying the groundwork for what we're going to see at the beginning of season three. Um, yeah yep yep. and and that is gonna be pretty devastating that whole frankly Um, i really get that um i had an amazing stepdad who i love dearly and sometimes i was really angry at him for being what my real dad could not be for me oh totally i relate to that very much so um it's and i mean it's why I afforded Emma a lot of like grace because I think that it's very easy to be like oh she's the villain of this season Mm -hmm. but it's like a cheap shot because I think that a lot of the grievances that she has she ultimately works Mm -hmm. through I don't think like she is the villain of this season I don't I think people make her the villain of uh most seasons (laughs) but there's some argument right there's an argument for that later on but i don't think it's now because i think that pretty much um that when she annoys me it's it's going to be resolved at the end of the episode yeah um we also do have yeah we have toby's eating disorder as well that Mm -hmm. is uh, but that's one of those like one and done one and done and we do not we don't see the effect it has on Toby long term. We don't see he does not write a pamphlet about how he was had an, a you know an eating disorder for about five minutes. He doesn't do any of that. We just don't we don't hear about it again. Um, so that is a like an after school type because they lump that in with Terry's body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. um, which is that that those that's a good episode, but it's still like it's kind of like we don't it, it's, it's a contained yeah, it episode have, like, for this season. It doesn't go anywhere. Anything. Whereas right. Paige's yeah. assault does, and Craig's abuse does, and the Emma and does. Snake stuff does, and mm-hmm. the Jimmy and Ashley Manny's, stuff, the Sean uh, stuff. We have Sean's. 
Should we get Sean? Because like I, I think over uh, out of everyone, my like the haziness of where their storyline goes, probably Sean is like I'm like, what does happen to Sean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I kind of. Was this the season with who? With the wedding and then the end and, and uh, Sean and Emma kiss in the song. Yes, yes that yes. And so her hair, sweet. yes. Her hair is so it's a sweet moment, but her hair is, sh- oh, oh my yeah. gosh. She's going to look at those pictures and could be so sad. Um, but yeah, uh, yes. And I like, uh, and then, well, we do have another teen drinking episode this season as well mm-hmm. with Sean message in a bottle. We've got a teen one. drinking app. It was a good one. Way better, like, and I will say, actually, you know, Terry's acting in Eye of the Beholder in season one. I think she plays drunk very well. She does. Um, she does. But I think Sean's is a way more serious episode because we're not talking yeah, about, it's, like, yeah. like Again, Terry's drinking is contained, and Sean's mm-hmm. it is isn't. You know, one like in season three, we're gonna see. You know, and some of that's just normal. I'm a high schooler partying, but like it it gets. Sean is yeah. also predisposed. There's to more of a yeah right. There's definitely, and that is hinted at. That's definitely talked about as well in that episode about with him and tracker it's just like and even something is like nuanced they don't go out right and say it but i know we said it in the episode of like poor trauma mm-hmm. of, of like being poverty is traumatized traumatic. by it, it's it's a hundred percent traumatic and i think that it's really not it's not beaten over that like you're not beaten over the head with it but it's very much like they are wanting you to know that Sean is just heavily traumatized by how his, he had to live with his parents and mm-hmm. he is really not what, like going back to that sort of lifestyle scares the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. And it, it stresses him out to the point where he's drinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because even though that's yeah, a coping um, mechanism that he's seen fuck up his life, it's like the right, only it's still the one mechanism yeah. that he's aware of. That he's been shown. Yeah, he doesn't, like, he. that's what he knows. Like, no one taught him anything else. They only taught him how to drink about it. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Ash, uh, Ashley, I know we talked briefly about Ashley, but what else, what else is Ashley doing? What else is She's Jimmy doing? doing? nothing. They're backing up they're slowly after writing. <laughs> something well, episode. It. What? Uh, that episode, Rest in Black. I thought that was a really standout episode. Yeah, it is. Well, I always think about the um, the singing in the beginning, of course. I've got to think about that and her. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Real you. And Jimmy just looking like if you so don't. It's the fact that she says stop. it so many times. Mm-hmm. It she does. She thought she ate and she didn't. And especially um, that she's the, like, let me play you the rest of the song. And oh, all yeah. that you get is 
I like it was you, the real oh. you, over and over and over again. Wait, wait, why is it giving, and this is a very brief tangent, why is it giving the end of Euphoria season two oh, where yeah. fucking Dominic <laughs> Fike is playing that song, I like that Deadpan? He, I actually do like that part, but my only issue with it is he's playing, he plays the, it's like a two minute song, and then he's like, he hits an off chord, and then he's like, it's still a work in progress, still working on it. Bitch, that thing is done. I know. <laughs> is done what are you talking about just, i object to don't eat up my time with that bullshit <laughs> in a finale uh i i agree with you but we literally also in that previous episode of this series got a, a screen where they just said overture for about five fucking minutes to the point where i know people have said oh i thought my screen fucking froze and i was just i remember sitting there and i'm like am i really this high Am I really this high? I might be. I might be. Let me just <laughs> let me just wait. Maybe it'll all return to normal. That was those are that was my thought process. But it was ridiculously a waste of time. So that we can just admit that the season season two of Euphoria, <laughs> unlike season two of Degrassi, was a big waste of time. Oh my God. <laughs> you get no payoff. It's like when you, you get very little gratification. Page requirements. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you're just and you're just like pontificating about bullshit. Came up in my fucking <laughs> Facebook memories today was like me when I was in college, being like, when it comes to meeting minimum page requirements, it's all in the little details, like changing from double spacing to two point two five spacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kept getting hit with it every year. At, when I was in school, the thing was to like put white text at the bottom and like or put text at the bottom and then highlight it and make it white so that it would up your count oh mm. see i didn't we didn't have word counts we had page requirements and like it i was, was gonna say i always had word counts the font size of your punctuation by a little bit that helps with a page mm-hmm. count um and yeah mm-hmm. 2.25 spacing is the way to go nice Absolutely. Think, yeah, they always had me doing double. Sp- it was an English. I was an English major. So I guess those requirements were a little bit more like um, we go and beat your ass if you're not in double space times New Roman 12 point font. Uh, ass is going to be beat. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I this season, it, I feel like a lot of my issue with other uh, seasons is that we, we don't get a cap. This season we get a cap. We start with Craig, we end with Craig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get and we, we get, get a like, comes all of this like the last circle. couple of episodes are kind of tying things up for we were talking about mm-hmm. this. No, I think season two is a great season. Mm-hmm. I have one more thing to say. Yeah. It was in my notes. Yeah, of course. Your um producer, I agreed with him about Ashley in the shout episodes. Because I thought she was really annoying too, and I couldn't get past it. And then I heard him say, "You know, she probably wasn't even thinking. It was not in her teenage head that oh, something's happened to Paige. She was like kind of really ignorant to those types of things." And and then mm-hmm. when one of you said, I can't remember who, that the song that Ashley wrote, regardless of how annoying Ashley was being about the situation and making it about her. The song that she wrote gave Paige a voice about what happened yeah. to her. And I thought that that was mm-hmm. 
the gold thing to happen from that episode. Yeah, no, Ashley is annoying at points in that episode, but she also, like, once she realizes that Paige needs her to show up, like, she's there. She's solid, Mm -hmm. she's supportive. Mm -hmm. And I do, I think that, like, up until she makes that connection, rape is this thing that, like, she can't really conceptualize like you know it happens but it doesn't happen to your mm-hmm. friends it's like we've talked about right and i think even on the on the show or maybe just in like discussing stuff for the show i have a friend and it wasn't until i was in my 30s but i had a friend who died largely due to a lifetime of eating disorders and that like mm-hmm. that was always something that like i was aware of growing up like they tell you eating disorders can kill you and it makes sense logically but like I don't know have you ever known anybody who died from one because I didn't till my 30s and it didn't really feel like a thing that happened right until then Mm. yeah no I I agree with that um I I think that's kind of how Paige feels like it's just like she just didn't She's never known anyone. How who... Ashley feels. Oh, well, I mean, I think that kind of translates to Paige yeah. too. Just because Paige doesn't have the language for it. She doesn't, she's never, mm-hmm. it hasn't been talked about like that. Like there's not, and I mean, Ashley has to research it. She's like, oh, you know, you were right. I, I dug deeper and I, I researched more. And and do you know that there's girls our age going through this stuff? Like she says it. Like she's just been looking at National Geographic and she just like she does not have there neither of them. So I think we're supposed to understand that neither of them have this concept because even Paige saying it should be about real stuff, about pain, about getting hurt. She doesn't even like like beyond like she doesn't have the language. She doesn't I, know. Well, right, and then Ashley and she, ends she up delivering exactly what she asked for, and she doesn't she does. realize that's what she had asked for. You know exactly. Not that Paige exactly, was and I for it. yeah. I'm right. sorry. I Just that I mean, humor. we've been talking about sexual assault for <laughs> several minutes now. It's it's definitely. Uh, I agree that I like that Charlie, because I can hear him saying, like, I like how Ashley fits into this episode. I'm pretty sure that's how he said it. Just like, and I agree with this. I think it it's a the beauty of the podcast of being able to talk about it and like, okay, I have my opinions on this. And then I talk about it and I'm like, oh, I mean, I do see what you're talking about. And I actually am kind of swayed to see your point of view about Ashley really being a, a vital um playing a vital role Mm -hmm. in Paige coming to grips and reclaiming her voice. And it's so, um, uh, it was definitely something I didn't want to admit because I think I struggle with giving Ashley like, being like, okay, Ashley didn't need to be there. Not giving her credit, but like it, it now I do agree that she played and it couldn't have really been anyone else Mm -hmm. and that it was, um, essential for her to play that role mm-hmm. and be there and, and provide that when she did not know that that's what she was providing. Because I throw a lot of shade at Ashley and I feel justified in that behavior, but mm-hmm. she is a good writer. Mm-hmm. She, she's, yeah, she, she is. steps on her own toes a lot and she like, 
she tries too hard a lot. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. it's clearly, it's a skill that she's going to hone if she tries to hone it, you know? And I think, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, she's exactly what Paige needs. I mean, a lot of things are. Hazel is also exactly what Paige needs at that time. Yeah, um, yeah she is. Terry is uh, not. Hazel's Terry I, I is the you. opposite of no. what Paige needs. Um, no. Terry's just, uh, she's just, well... But no, she's I think, just being Terry. I think that, like, I, no, I love this whole arc. I mean, I don't because I love Paige and I hate to see anybody go through this. And it's, you know, and I, it, yeah. it hits home a little more when it's a character that you love. Um, mm-hmm. But I love how they handle it. And I love, I love that Paige is going to be Paige. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she may stumble on that a little bit now and again because you feel defeated and you mm-hmm. you want to let something break you because it's exhausting to keep being strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the page is going to page. And I love that. I do too. Should we they definitely give, you know. Scooch to segments. <laughs> so... We are revisiting the dreaded black hole the, uh, to give a moment of silence for Fariza. Um, that one hurt. Yeah, young lady, we love you. And we wish that you were here to do more than you did. But we will not see you in season three. Sadly, you will not be mentioned again. But you, you were not mentioned me- outside of Don't Live the Height. Don't forget. Uh, don't believe the hype. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. But yeah, you we're will not live on in our hearts forever, or at least mine. Oh, mine, mine as well. I'm living for the, and there will be Farisa fan fiction. <laughs> there will be. Um, yeah, and no we, spoilers. Uh, oh, we should get through the black hole first, though. Yes, we will do that. We'll do that in um in some season three housekeeping. Yeah, because we got way more. We got way a lot of time, but um. We also need to give a, a moment of silence, a, a belated moment of silence to Oscar because we we held out for you, buddy. We didn't know if you were going to make it into season two from season one. You did not. You did we not. Just you had sure. great clip art skills. You did. You just did. You couldn't round up. You couldn't quite make it a trio. You, you tried. And for that, we, we honor you. And uh, we would also like to give an honorable mention to Dr. Sally, who we do not unfortunately see outside of season two. She is she is gone. Yeah. And spoiler alert, it's it was a bad call because now we got pregnancies and social diseases. Right. Right. Like there's just a direct correlation to Grassy. You, you you lose Dr. Sally, you lost yourself. <laughs> there were zero pregnancies. Zero STD scares before <laughs> when Dr. Sally was coming in to educate these children. They After it. the it's Coach Armstrong is not suited. Mm-mm. No, not at all. He tries. He's, he's got enough man. on his hands. He tries. He's, he's also a math teacher. He's got enough going on. Yeah. He's got enough. And a health to deal teacher with. and a gym and a health, teacher and he's the coach doing, of every sport. And the referee. That's why I don't have no fucking sympathy for Quan because look at Armstrong with five arms <laughs> doing the work of three teachers in one. Who has five arms and is not a pedophile. 
Mm. Oh my goodness, that was the episode as well that um, occurred. But, uh, so yeah, but so yeah, moment of, moment of silence. Okay, should I move on um, to the hun count? Yes, yes please. Okay. Then we have the one and only Paige Michael Chuck, who does who says hun eight times this season, as she should. <laughs> We're going to keep tracking it, but I think it's safe yeah. to say that, like, it is a, a trademark page thing. It's not just that one Degrassi mini. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, not. And I will be well, excited to- that's why we to, started uh, tracking it. Right. To to see if it's truly a thing or if it was just, them just a mini. Them trying to make Hun happen. And, and, right. <laughs> just them trying to make Hun happen. Oh, my goodness. Um, and we have one more uh, watch- that we keep out for, which is the dolphin pants watch. Um, we did see them this season, not as much as I would have liked to, but they made two appearances and they were great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and from there, Avis. Yes. Where you want to walk on over to. The favorite corner, our favorite corner, our favorite corner, the fashion, the fashion corner. corner. So we do it a little bit differently with the wrap up and everybody just brings their best and their worst. There may be an honorable mention. We don't really, we're not rigid with the rules here, guys. Okay. If that's what you Mm -hmm. came for, you came to the wall. If you came for like structure, not today. Uh And if you, if it's taking you this long to figure it out and you didn't even figure it out, we have to tell you. um, No. Mm -hmm. that, That raises some questions. (laughs) <laughs> right what have you been doing but um yeah no i actually think this is going to be a controversial fashion corner wrap-up you want to start with the best or the worst i want to start with the best but i know that for you it's going to be the worst because you hated this outfit and it's, that's not why i chose it i just when i think about season two this is the outfit for me Okay. And it is, um, it's Paige in Shout, and it is her brown ensemble. Oh, it is her. I love that. I don't hate it. The embellishment just looks weird to me. Oh, okay. I thought. <laughs> no, I thought it's you just that the embellishment, the like silver up the side is too reminiscent. You said it looked like a deodorant. It does. <laughs> and it then does. when you I'll saw die. that, you know how you. it's like now one of those things you can't unsee. So I can't unsee it, but I still love the outfit. I just, I think her hair and like the, like. It's uh, a good the outfit. Thing. The embellishment the thing. is just a weird choice. What was your best fashion, Bianca? It's going to sound crazy because I'm not a fan <laughs> of her character, but I'm going to give it, quite frankly, Ellie most of the seasons, but especially when she first ever meets uh, Ashley down in those lockers. Because her fashion, mm-hmm. you can't miss Ellie. And I remember when I was actually young and watching the show, I used to think this girl is so cool just based on her fashion mm-hmm. and fearless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can dig that. I can dig that. I, totally. Yeah, actually. That's, I mean, people love Ellie's style. They really do. And it's, it's so stylized now, but I really think it's funny how um, unkempt she looks. And I don't say it in a way that's like mean. I say it in a way that that's just 
it feels genuine. Yeah, she definitely doesn't polish herself. Mm-hmm. There is no effort to be like perfect or anything, which I think is like you said, uh, Caroline, very genuine of especially not only the attitude of what she's going for, but also of just like a like girl who's trying to maintain a style every morning. Mm-hmm. And maybe she does, you know, like getting like putting yourself together every morning can be a lot. So maybe she's just like, she's like, okay, I am just gonna that that bedhead look was in mm. and not looking so sleek and put together was also kind of a thing. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you when you say Ellie's style the whole season. I do like where they go with her style. But then I think that um, this season, they, there's definitely some good looks. I like that. Yeah. I think that my favorite is also from Shout, and it's Paige's mm. um, shopping outfit. Mm. I love that outfit. It's a solid outfit. I always say it's, it's giving Jennifer Lopez <laughs> in like... I forget which video. Maybe it's Love Don't Cost a Thing. I don't remember. Oh, but I, yep. it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> and then my yeah. worst, which is going to be my worst until they retire this fucking shirt, is Liberty's goddamn vest shirt. <laughs> I knew you were going Liberty's vest shirt. There's no reason for that shirt to exist at all in for anybody. How did I know? How did I know? Because it's the worst <laughs> shirt. <laughs> what's your worst outfit um well it's not even an outfit and i feel so bad for picking on an article of clothing but when i think about like how much i despise this hat that emma's wearing in um relax it is like the tightest hat <laughs> that i've ever seen and it's like fleece and it's, it's like, so it's supposed to be like one of those jean floppy hats, oh, yeah. but curled under, like tucked under like a ski cap. It's so bad. It's, and it looks so weird, small on her head. It looks small as shit on her head. I know Miriam said was sweating under that thing. It's so, it a bad choice. I hate that hat and I want it to be burned. I hope there weren't many made, but like if that if that style comes back around, I will boycott. Oh my god, that yeah, I no, hate thank it you. so much. <laughs> what about you, Bianca? Uh, for worst, I'm gonna go dressed in black uh, when Ashley decides to go back to her previous style because she looked uncomfortable uh, in it the whole time, and everyone was looking at her like, yeah. Girl, "We just got used to your new style. Why go back?" True. Yeah. True. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like not it's, it's terrible. On, yeah, it's but not uncute, like... but it's just like clashing with her hair as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just like you can, t- and not even like someone with that haircut couldn't wear those clothes because of course they could, but she's just not. You can tell that she's not comfortable. Like you said, Bianca, she's not comfortable in those clothes, and she's not embracing what it takes to wear those clothes. Like the confidence in the head held high that she has when she's wearing her Elvira look is like under, like you can't really tell her shit. Like she's like, she's created something completely her own. Whereas this is like something that she probably could, you could find in fucking JC Penny. I think we right. said where she in shops, the, you know, it's <laughs> on at least two pages of every Delia's catalog. The purple's doing nothing for her because her hair is a darker shade 
And I think when she previously wore more colors, her hair was like browner. Yeah. Whereas like the black suits her, her the her blackish hair suits her black wardrobe overall. Yeah. Um, it's definitely like a clash. She's not she doesn't look good. Nor comfortable. Great. I would agree with that assessment. An honorable mention for me to JT and his Mitchy Matchy orange outfit. <laughs> um i i don't i forget which episode that was in is it the hot for teacher it might be but he's got like a um orange fleece or Mm -hmm. not an orange fleece um it's a green fleece and an orange like sweater and then like orange camo pants and um i like it a lot i do think it looks like his mom probably laid that out for him because it was a new outfit i don't think it looks like he would choose that himself because it matches too well mm. like he doesn't match that's J- like jt's thing is he just always looks the same or mismatched my <laughs> honorable mention and it would be my first but i that vest shirt is my mortal enemy <laughs> my honorable mention is whatever the fuck is going on with tracker in um a message in a bottle and it's so funny because like before i did my rewatch like when i was 30 Mm -hmm. that was the look that i associated with tracker cameron Mm -hmm. and like no he can dress and he's fine as fuck (laughs) why did we do this to him that man justice for tracker cameron justice for tracker cameron as well yeah they don't give a fuck um it's like they've got him looking very odd um and i i don't think it's his best look no it's 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 nobody it's it's maybe the worst look (laughs) of the whole series it's nobody (laughs) uh i have a personal beef with the way they dress claire edwards in the beginning of it where so that's probably one of my worst outfits of the fucking series i have a personal beef with how they dress claire edwards in that episode where she's trying to be edgy Oh, I have a personal beef with that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That is so terrible. Um, Did you choose any, like, or did you, can you think of any, like, standout honorable mentions? mentions? You know, I'm going to give good or bad. For good, for good, I got to give Miss Hatsalakos more credit. She was a teacher and she came in rocking it every day. That's Mm. true. That's true. She should ditch the mullet. Mm. She should. Does she? Not quick enough, um, probably. No. You but uh, yeah. Show. We should. We should. Oh, she would be awesome. I heard she does podcasts. Oh, really? Oh, and this, I mean, I, I love her acting. In uh, I was just watching Hot for Teacher. That ironically or unironically, that like I kind of watched the season out of order to kind of get the arcs right. Mm. So I did not watch um, Hot for Teacher until toward the end because it was kind of one of the lesser episodes as far as consequences go. But um, just her acting of being like when he's like, oh, you, were, were you were you always a teacher, never a model? Yeah. And she's like, no, I, it's like what you did really hurt me. Like, I think right. I, I really like her in this. And I mean, I think it kind of like how people uh someone commented on our post because we we we'll talk about it in wrap up uh, the later wrap up but we have merch now so we did a post on facebook about 
uh, a Miss Kwan fuck them kids yeah. <laughs> uh, t-shirt, <laughs> which as you know, as a listener of the pad, uh, we, I have this just running theory that Mrs. Kwan just fucking hates these kids. And she really is like a menace and trying to get, trying to just plant mayhem within their lives by casting choices and shit. So it's just like, it's a running joke on the show. And um, this person was like, I don't remember Miss Kwan to be that way. Aren't you talking about Mr. Perino? He should be on this t-shirt. Um and I'm like, oh, how the how the tables have been, or not the tables, how the how have we rewritten history? Because it's just like yeah. there's. She <laughs> said Miss Kwan loves her students, and I'm like, yeah. no, no, Miss Kwan don't fucking no. care she about said, these. Fuck them kids. <laughs> she don't like these kids. She she just really, and I think it's so evident that she just doesn't give a fuck about these kids Mm. and i mean not even just like just the way that she gets irritated with them and 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 like the subtleties of like okay i know you're dating this person i know you're dating this person but i'm gonna cast right let's have Ange and jimmy make out just to cause a little razzle actually you can be the nurse and watch them and this because the nurse has to be witness to all of this so that's fun for me it's like it's clear like that she's just not their fan like she is not one of them she's not mr feeney in this situation she becomes uh and i mean she 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 goes on to be less problematic but i don't think that if you really look at it with a critical lens that you can say that mrs kwan loves her kids Mm -mm. Uh -uh. because no she doesn't Nope. She teaches these kids because that's a paycheck. And she decided to go into education for some fucking reason. Um, but that's about it. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> She's here for the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh I think that similarly, Mrs. H is like retconned as to like suck. to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, honestly, not a black hole, but rest in peace to, like, the character that Miss Hatzalakos could have been. Should have been. Should have been. Because this is a more interesting version of hers. Like, the, the teacher who is, I mean, she's 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 hot you know she's she's attractive woman she's got legs she's okay. stacked like yeah she's yes she is and i mean aside from the mullet she's a 10 yeah. um, she's a 10 anyway but she, i'm just knocking like a like a, a third of a point like you, this you is gymnastics all like because like it's like a it's like a 9.8 for me um <laughs> Like, cause I'm just, or t- third of a point is a nine point seven. Like, I'm just, I'm over it. Um, I'm over the mullet. But like, the fact that they wanted her to be the person who is caring about her students enough to tell them like it is, and and like try to challenge them and try to get that. Like, I that's such an interesting teacher. And I mean, aside from Snake, we get very poor teacher representation for this to be a school. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Snake's doing the work. Okay. Yeah, and all he's like, "I'm doing my part." Like, <laughs> at worst, antagonize or like at best, antagonizing or indifferent to their students, and at worst, trying to fuck them. Like, and those those are very opposite ends of the spectrum. But like, neither are good. Neither <laughs> are desirable. Okay, <laughs> we've got. There's got to be something else. Right. Um. Yeah, yeah I just uh, gosh. But um, I agree with that, Miss Hatsalakos. She's got she's a fashion icon, and 
and it sucks that she is not a teacher icon but uh we we i suppose we just all need to digress on that one yeah you know um from there i think we've got some awards to hand out um and we're gonna do something a little different this wrap up um before we go into our own votes for shining stars and super bummers we i posted to the page i did a poll i asked people for their votes Mm -hmm. um the way that i did it was i just put all of the main characters in both categories Mm-hmm. So for Shining Stars, according to our audience, we have, it's not giving me the percents because the poll isn't closed yet, but overwhelmingly the Shining Star of season two, according to our audience is Paige. One person okay. voted for Manny. Nobody else got any votes. Mm. Okay. We were a bit more, not by much, but we got a little bit different in Super Bummers. Mm-hmm. According to our audience, the majority voted for Emma mm. as the Super okay. Bummer, um, which fair. People don't like Emma. But we did get one vote for Ashley, which I would say fair. Yes. And one vote for Craig, which I'm going to disagree with. I don't think Craig is a super bummer this season. Uh, guys, you should know that um, Caroline is going to do, she's she's not going to allow any Craig slander. <laughs> That's specifically. not true. Well, at least Craig any slander, any I bummer am... slander. Any... No, I, no, I will. I don't think that it's warranted this season. Craig's not this season. anything this, this season. season. I don't this think season. that Craig's a super bummer. I don't think he's a shiny The star. only thing that I would say he could potentially be in the running to be a super bummer for is the fact that he tells Manny that it's not his locker he likes. And it's not that part. <laughs> Here's my part with him. He says, it's not my it's not my locker. I don't like Manny. A beat. It's you. You did not need to add that part. Oh, my God. You I are know, a dick Manny for that. Was not picking up on the side. He was wrong. Oh. That was really brutal. As a grown ass woman, that smarts. Every time I hear it, I'm like, damn. If she did, I would have just crumbled into a pile. Just right there. The fact that she just whimpers a little bit and just like I would have audibly gasped. (laughs) Do you also get nom style flashbacks whenever anybody decorates a locker? I think I might. Yeah. Like if I ever saw that in the wild, I'd be like, please don't do it, kid. Reconsider. (laughs) Yes. That 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 scene, it just reminded me in the episode of Liz McGuire, season two, episode one, where she date has her first boyfriend, Ronnie, and the way he breaks up with her, he's like, he couldn't just be like, oh, you know, I just need my space or whatever. He was like, there's this other girl, and she's just right there right now. Yes. 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 I just forgot, like, core yeah. memory on that. Oh, and that, and it's so, and it's like, such like went 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 like it's so that that's uh, that's teenage boys encapsulated for you that it's just like so awkward and fumbly the way in every way I mean they're awkward and fumbly in every way but breaking up with somebody is probably the hardest like thing to do in terms of like 
vocalizing that like i mean that's why it's like text message breakup was a big thing for a while (laughs) which sucked but as soon as tech people realized you could break up with someone over text message all bets were fucking off i was broken up with over text message just to prove that the person could break up with me over text message. still better than a ghosting Yes. Oh, that's just terrible. That's just heartless. But I mean, yeah, that's fucking Manny. I'm still so sorry that happened to her. Like poor girl and fucking Lizzie. Lizzie took some L's when it came to guys though. She really did. They just like fucking neglected that this is Hillary Duff and it's not as believable as you want it to be that these dudes keep shitting on her. She's beautiful. Right, she's even when Hillary Duff, plain old Lizzie McGuire, Aaron Carter is like, I need. I know, right? Right, like international superstar Aaron Carter is like Lizzie McGuire. That is such a superstar name. Yeah, yeah. I totally <laughs> like, I love- regret that. Like, I watched Lizzie McGuire, but I hate watched Lizzie McGuire because I was young and I didn't realize yet that like. If my initial like impulse was to hate another girl, it was totally because I was attracted to her. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was like, I'm totally straight. Mm-hmm. I just hate you, Lizzie McGuire, in an obsessive way. Not like super obsessive, but you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. In the like, I'm not just going to avoid you. I'm going to yeah. watch everything and complain about everything you do. Oh, yeah. And catch my first and only shoplifting shot charge because i saw a scarf that i saw you wearing on like a new year's eve special shut up lizzie mcguire (laughs) sorry we've hit the caroline is a little slap happy portion of the show oh it's 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 it it always gets there but no um (laughs) but so okay so we've done the audience votes yeah hopefully next time around we get some more votes and i get my shit together sooner instead of having an idea at the last minute but no i i love Um, that idea i love that you included our audience that we have on the the facebook because that facebook community is growing every day i think Mm -hmm. um i mean i like as of recording if we want to just fuck around do you have facebook up i'm pulling it up but um, I can. Why? What do you want me to look at? No, How I... many people we got? Yeah. Oh, okay. So on the actual like public group, it, we have 319 followers, which is, which is. Yeah, that's huge. not the, that's the page. The page, yeah. but our group where we did the poll has 50. Hey, that's up since yesterday. 50 members, which thank you all lovely 50 of you. Um, and I mean, I think it's just a community that it's cool to, to like give privy to that. Cause like that is, I, I think what happens is a lot of people kind of ignore season one. They yeah. mostly also ignore see, I mean, a lot more happens in season two than season one. So I think that it's probably easier to maybe give one a gloss over if you watch it closely right. at all. But season two is even easier, I think, to kind of forget what all happens if it's not the big topics. Right. Emma doesn't really do that much to be considered a villain. In yeah, I would not, season. like, give Emma super bummer. No, she's not a like, bummer for me. Like, does she continually who's bum me out? Who's bummer this season? Spinner. Did, you gave Spinner? Okay. Why? And it's only because... Um... <sighs> It's because of the the comments that he makes towards Marco mostly 
I think that that that's they, not they, till season. Oh, I guess it starts. It's in it starts three, in right? season two. It definitely heightens in season three, but there is a lot, and I mean, there's a lot of toxic masculinity that he perpetuates in general. Mm-hmm. That I think that he learns to grow out of once he kind of gets with Paige. Mm-hmm. But they are that them getting together kind of just doesn't. I mean, it happens, but it doesn't really happen happen this season yet. Mm-hmm. They date but they're not together together. Mm -hmm. So I think he mellows out and becomes more of the character that I, and he has his moments still, but if I think about how many times I was genuinely like bummed by him, Mm -hmm. it's, it's gotta be spinner for me. I think that's no, I think that's fair. Bianca, what about you? Uh, Mine was Emma specifically for uh what is the episode? (laughs) What's the episode where they go to the school dance? What episode? <laughs> uh, girls just want to just want to have fun. <sighs> okay, she thought she just knew she was gonna have Craig. She did. Everybody just knew. Ooh, Emma's gonna get with Craig, and when her sidekick, who she considered her sidekick and the ethnic sidekick at that, when Craig was interested in her. I mean, she didn't have her girls back at all. She she walked out the dance and it was like fuck it. Yeah, no, we talked about that in the episode that, like, Manny would have been so excited yes. for mm-hmm. Emma. She would have been, like, as excited, maybe more excited mm-hmm. for yep. Emma than yeah. she was when Craig came, you know? Because Manny's like, I love you. You're my friend. I want you to have the things you yeah. want. Mm-hmm. Not that Craig or any other human being is a thing, but you Your know best friend I mean. should not walk yeah. out like that on you because... Uh, and then they just made her like the default. You're going to get Craig. You're, you're, you're not the default Emma. Right. Okay. I and I, that. I was, I think that, and that's completely fair. I think that my grievances with Emma, with that situation always kind of dissipate because like she doesn't get like, it just seems like Craig was just never interested in her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, it's like she, the, the joke was always on her. <laughs> For thinking, like she's just she just ends up looking salty to me versus like being a bummer. It's just like I laugh yeah. at her a little bit, which s- sounds a little bit like he 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 for like a grown ass woman to be. But I always felt that way. Like, oh, you thought <laughs> you thought that he liked you. He didn't. He always liked he always liked Manny. And even if he didn't like Manny, he didn't like you because he likes Ashley too. Alexa, yeah, he did like Ashley too. <laughs> Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop! <laughs> yeah, he did not like Emma. Alyssa was listening to your ass. <laughs> she's always listening. She's listening. 90% of the time, I'll be like, play whatever. And she's like, playing songs by similar artists. Fuck oh my yourself. God. And I'm like, why? She doesn't say fuck yourself, but <laughs> it's in the subtext. Um, I, I think... My super bummer, and I tried, I tried, I really did give it my heart. Is it this season? And I continue to going onward, but it was Ellie. Oh, gosh. Because I think Ellie, more than anybody else, was like just making her own problems. Mm. And I get that Mm. that comes with the age, and like I I have sympathy for it. Dare I say, I even have empathy Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. But hi, Chance. (laughs) But I can't. I can't stand it. It bummed me the fuck mm. out. Fair. I almost took it. I feel like, yeah. I, 
I would have chosen Ellie. I also, because if in that same vein, I had two honorable mentions and they're for completely different reasons. And I'm not trying to patty cake it. It's, it is just the, the bumming factor. So I will, um, my two honorable mentions, the first one is Ashley. And she bums me out because similarly to Ellie, I think that she tends to create a lot of her own drama. Mm. I think that she mm-hmm. tends to kind of drum up, especially when it comes with like Jimmy and and being like, you can shoot trying to control me and, and I feel stifled. And uh-huh. mm. it's just like there that came out of left field, boo boo. Like no one ever said that you you're the one who tamed yourself like that was never wow. an issue with Jimmy. You were trying to beat an opinion out of Jimmy. He's just trying to sit there and eat his fucking crap dinner. You're trying to berate him about condoms. Like, leave that boy alone. And um, (laughs) she's just just annoying. Um, And she definitely bummed me out on more than one occasion. uh, Going flipping, flopping back and forth, trying to have her cake and eat it too. Well, Um, and I think like like I don't, I'm not behind, like, when girls are like, you know, I'd love to cut my hair short, but my boyfriend would hate it. But also, I do think there is a degree to which, like, your partner doesn't get a say in what you do with your style, but they're 100% allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, of course. You know, I have definitely come home with a haircut before where my husband's like, I'm sorry, please stop getting bangs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like and i'm like thank you this is why i never tell you when i get the urge to get bangs because i know you will talk me out of it <laughs> um you know and like or like my husband used to see this one lady to get his hair done and finally i was like babe she cuts it too short and like your ears are not sticky outy but when she cuts your hair they look it <laughs> and like that's like Jimmy's not even doing that. No, he's not. He did nothing. He's having an opinion and keeping it to himself because he loves you to the best of his ability. And like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't care what you look like. Like, You want your partner to think you're cute. I get that. Mm -hmm. But he's not doing that. He's and uh, yeah, it's very melodramatic. And I think that's like, she bums me out more than like, she has her moments where I'm like, okay, cool. But it's more than not. It's just like, oh, Ashley. You're annoying. Also, that song has bummed me out for 20 years. <laughs> Fuck you, Ashley. <laughs> um, but then my second honorable mention is Liberty. Mm-hmm. And I think she's supposed to be a bummer. I think she's supposed to come on screen and kind of like be a little shit. Um, mm-hmm. And that is why she didn't make my actual but Because like, it's like, okay, these are cheap shots. This is a cheap ass, like, this is a cheap bumming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you <laughs> Um, I just think that she goes on to like they're still deciding what they're doing with her so they're making her the annoying little kid and the the fucking dictator who's insecure about or uh, the kid who socially dictates because they're insecure about themselves Mm. which is a thing that happens all the time I know social dictators and I call them that in like outside of talking about the grass. Yeah, I do. Like I think of people who are social dictators as having to be the loudest person in the room sometimes, not because they feel like they have things to say, but because they don't want anybody to be able to say anything about them. So if they're the loudest, maybe everybody else will be intimidated and shut up. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a hundred percent Liberty. And that does bum me out because it's like the superiority complex 
and the social dictator, they, they tend to bleed together. But when she doesn't have that superiority complex, she leans into being a social dictator and a tyrant. And they're both very bumming. Uh, <laughs> very bumming, very bumming. Yeah. I would think that's fair. Should we move on over to the Shining Stars? I have a feeling that at least Avis and I are going to be in agreement on this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So, Bianca, why don't you go first? The hands down, Paige. Yeah. 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 I figured you would be too, but I like, I don't, I don't know your right. Degrassi opinions as well as I know. I don't talk about Degrassi with you every week. So, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I would give an honorable mention. And the only reason that like, it's gotta be honorable mention status is because she's just not prevalent enough, but I would give an honorable mention to fucking, um, Kendra. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think Kendra consistently is just, like, direct Mm -hmm. and emotionally mature. Like, the only thing Kendra has ever said or done that gave me any pause was her whole, take me for example, my parents are white and I'm Chinese. (laughs) I'm living proof that race doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the only time where I was like, girlfriend, shut the fuck up. But that's also <laughs> just a very naive, like, you know, Yes, it's a very naive. Point. It's very appropriate. It's very situationally appropriate. Had she survived the black hole, she would have gone on to realize that, oh, she was very mistaken yeah. um, in that viewpoint. But yeah, no, I 100%, I love that because I agree. Um, I really do. I really do like Kendra and I'm super sad that we don't get more Kendra justice for Kendra justice for Kendra because her actress is so great and she plays her so well. It's she's very convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and I'll give a, um, cause like, uh, I think last at the end of last season, I, I Toby was my shining star. Mm. And I just, I want him to so badly to like be relevant enough to give that on even an honorable mention to, I think that he just doesn't, he's he's not not relevant. Annoying. Yeah. They kind of tack him on more. They're starting to do more. We get baby and sell Toby a lot more this season. We do. And I think that that's, especially in hot for teacher where he's kind of rallying with Sean and being a little shit to entice fucking JT into continuing his um, class clown shenanigans. And don't believe the hype when they're like bullying JT about the sewing. Yes. He's being homophobic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 they kind of, they definitely make him because, Oh my gosh, his character was so good last season. And they're really starting to kind of, I think the only part of the season that gave me like heart warm, but like, Oh, I really want you to be better. And then you, you're not going to make the soup, uh, the, the shining stars for me, but you're not super bumming me out. But just him saying that, like, if he was going to have sex with Kendra, he would want to take care of her. Loved him. That is probably the last of the Toby Isaacs that we were getting in season one, because, Oh my gosh, he's so good in season one. I still think about him and Emma in that scene. When Emma's so fucking hurt, baby angel. Uh, But yeah, no, no, it's it's not. It's not. He doesn't translate here. I can't give it to you, Tobes. I really wish I could. I love you, but you're just like they. They they're ruining you. (sighs) They're already ruining you, (sighs) Toby. 
yeah. R.I.P. Toby. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think I have any other honorable is, mentions. Do you have honorable mentions uh, other than Paige? For no, no. All right, then there we go. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Spinner because <laughs> while I think that your super bummer is absolutely justified. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to, you know, if we want, you guys, I, I like the, the behaviors that you want to see more. The of. the Terry, the moment with him and Terry, um, I think Terry needed that, and she yep. that whole exchange. I just saw it, him saying like, "Terry, you're pretty," and I love how when we just really we pretty. discussed that in our in the episode, just saying like the fact that he didn't say, "Oh no, you're not fat," is monumental. Yeah. He didn't. Like he said, you know, some guys like that, but some guys like girls like you with the figure. Like, you know, the way that yeah, no. he's very sensitive and to that. Page yeah. And yes. He's, you know, yes. he really comes through. He does page. come like, through no, for Paige. I, I he, uh, you know what? And I, I really want to make a distinction that there is a shift for me from the first half of the season to the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish he was like a more of a character who just got to be a bystander, but like they tend to just throw him in and give him more opportunities to be a douchebag. I think <clears throat> Spinner's interesting because I think this is the beginning of like what we see of Spinner, where I think like at Spinner's core, Spinner is a really good guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always know how to do it. Yes, I agree. And he becomes, I, I know that. As we continue to do these wrap ups, and we we can, we'll see our super bummers and our shining stars of the season stack up, and we'll be like, I know that I ranked him as a, a bummer in season two, but I also know that he's not gonna like that. There's gonna be several seasons where he's my shining star, because like I just love his arc so much. He has one of the best not even redemption arcs because it's not a character that they take a bad stance on and then they want to reverse it because like that happens with like Holly J. I love her. I love her turnaround. I think they do a great job with Holly J's turnaround. Same with Fiona. They do similar thing where they're like, Oh, this bitch crazy, but like, never mind. We want this actress to stay on the show. So we're going to rewrite her and we're going to make you love her. Right. But he just, he always was a lovable character. They just definitely give us, he gets, goes through experiences and he has such a great arc that he is my shine. He's going to be my shining star. I know it, but it's, it's for me, it's like, uh, because I know, I know where, right. I know where he ends up and the fact that he's still here. Yeah. He's got work to do. (laughs) With that, should we move on over to what I think everybody really came here for today, which is the award to end all awards. Mm Mm-hmm. Degrassi Community School Teacher oh, of the Year. The second annual. The second annual Degrassi Community School Teacher of the Year Award. Um, we had some strong contenders this season, so let's get to the nominees. Yes, indeed. Um, um, Miss Hatzalakos. Yes, she is. Yeah. Coach Armstrong, as always. Yeah. Solid contender. He is. And Archibald Simpson. Wait, there's one other person, isn't there? Mrs. 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 Kwan is a teacher. Yeah, but we're we nominating. I feel like I mean, do we nominate? I, I well, I guess she's applicable. Okay, she could have been nominated. It's, she could have. She nominated, is a teacher. 
But she said, yeah. fuck them kids. She did. And you said, you're not And we did. You're not qualified with that, with that attitude. attitude. That's, that's fair. Okay. Yes. And I want to say that, you know, to all of our nominees, your contribution to the world of education, to the lives of these children, it is important. It is felt. The effects of it are seen for generations to come. <laughs> and you are all truly deserving of this award. But there can only be one. And uh, we've got the, uh, the envelope right here. As Charlie is not here this year, he has bestowed upon me the winning envelope. And I'm just going to open it just right now. And it's Archibald Simpson. Oh, for the second year in a row. Of course. No of course. Oh he always sweeps this category. <laughs> Unfortunately, Archie couldn't be here tonight, um, but I'm sure that he appreciates it. I'm sure he's as shocked as we we'll are. We'll make sure it gets to him. We accept this award on his behalf. <laughs> uh, yeah. And from there, there's one more thing. Yeah, just one last question. And I mean, Bianca, do you wanna do you wanna ask? What was the question again? <laughs> we asked. Oh, it oh did episode. it go there? Did it go there? <laughs> I say yes. Yes. Yes, I, I agree. agree. This thing was a prize fighter. It took some season. pit stops, you know. <laughs> yeah. Stopped to see a couple of tourist yep. traps. But ultimately it did it it, it, it went there. It went there. It was the it most powerful seasons for sure. Yes. <sighs> yeah. I think especially like there's so much more shit to come, but like they're still so mm -hmm. young, right? Now. Right. That's why it hits different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like all of these that issues. It's like, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Such a good season. Such a good season. I have thoroughly enjoyed discussing it. And like, thank you to everybody who <laughs> made it to comes me. and listens to this. I think we'd probably keep doing it even if nobody listens. I agree. Because it's like the highlight of my it week. It is. Yeah, me too. Me too. So much but, but thank you to everybody. And Bianca, thank you so much for being here and for, for really giving birth. Yes, to thank show. you. It's We would not be here in this studio without you um, oh my gosh i'm glad to be able to be a part of it honestly i felt so bad when i couldn't do it anymore and i love listening i you know i i degrassi when i first moved to korea actually uh was my comfort show it always is but it especially mm, yeah. when I moved here Oh, yes. It's a good comfort it is show. it's such a like it's own, its own world i mean a lot of shows are but it's I feel like it manages it in just such a way where you're just like I just want to go to Degrassi I just want to just I just want to chill with my peeps um no it's I I know we're you're gonna be back we're definitely excited to we're we're getting into season three so um a little bit of housekeeping before we uh do our little sign off we will be back next week for our final um no, we won't. Oh, wait. No, sorry. We will not be back next no. week. <laughs> We're this taking a week, week off. off. This... Uh... <laughs> this is throwing me off because we're recording out of order but we will be taking a week off and then we will be having two weeks of trivia mm. and 
we're so excited for trivia where you guys are gonna love trivia but yes then after trivia it's hard hard as fuck and we're not changing it um (laughs) nope and then we're hopping right into season three and uh you know, spoiler alert, we're we're gonna get Bianca back for yeah. season three. I wouldn't so. all odds. And we've got some <laughs> the, well then there there we go then. <laughs> there we go. And we've got we've got some really cool stuff in the works. Mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned a couple of times. Um and it by the time you're listening to this, it'll have been up and running for at least two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, but we officially have a merch Ooh, store. Yes. That's um, awesome. All this merch is so fucking cool, guys. Like, I don't know a lot about what it takes to actually, like, Caroline's definitely been spearheading this. I'm going to get my feet wet with it, but, like, she's been doing an awesome job getting these these mock-ups of our our merch, and I think everything is going to look really cool in person. Um, We are on mugs, guys. We are on magnets. (laughs) We got the Harris tour, (laughs) which is the Harris. I'm so proud of that. We've got fuck them kids, Miss Kwan. (laughs) We've got Jay, the aqua. Wait, the uh... (laughs) that's the newest one. That one I had a lot of fun with that one. I pulled in my best friend's husband to do that because he's great at bad Photoshop. Beautiful. Um, We. Oh my gosh. And please feel free to like leave us comments wherever. Let us know what kind of merch you'd like to see. Email um, us. We've thought about, we had talked early on about maybe making buttons with some of the poems mm-hmm. um, or magnets. Yes. I think that would be great. I'm, I love, um, I love the idea of us being our pasta selves being on buttons as well. I would totally, I'm totally wearing my mm-hmm. pasta self on a button and uh, a menace to society and JT and Toby in particular. Um. <laughs> it's check it out. Sorry, it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a mouthful. It's like your dash moms dash podcast dash shop at fourthwall.com. Um, that link is available through all of our socials as yes. well. Um, it'll be on the website. I will most likely be posting that within our show notes now. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of buffing up of the show notes, guys. So not only will that link be in there, but also I am going to link to bianca's socials so you'll know whatever yep. bianca wants you to know she, her socials will be there all of my social media is bianca melrose youtube bianca melrose and you know what link the episodes that we did uh to that we did my round tables so they can hear us yes those. yeah absolutely those will be linked as well in the show notes thank you for that and we, you know, thanks for sticking with us as we've figured out the kinks yeah. <laughs> of like being organized enough and consistent enough right. to do a podcast. Because that is not either one of our Truly is it. Yeah. When I say this is a labor of love, like emphasis on both the and labor the love, and the love. Right. <laughs> um, Tuesdays are like a lot, you know, at the because our yeah. episodes come out on Wednesdays, but it's been such a great journey. Um, and I really, I'm so excited that you're coming in when we're a little bit more together. And <laughs> yeah, we and we've got not to push the Patreon much um, because like we love, like listen to us for yeah. free. It's great. We love doing it for free. Um, <laughs> but we are going to start amping up our, um, like our bonus content and our perks. I know we have the tag at the end of the episode where Charlie tells you about our Patreon, but we don't really dive into that. Um, currently we have one tier. It is the spirit squad. It's $2 a month. And for $2 a month, you get 
early access a day early to full unedited episodes um you get a shout out at the end of each episode you get um a 15 percent discount code for the merch store yep. and bonus content which we don't have a lot of right now but we are we're working on it um, later this week we're recording we're going to talk about um my time in amsterdam Ooh. if you want to know what i saw in the red light district <laughs> um you might want to subscribe and let me tell you it was impressive (laughs) yeah i'm excited for this Um, i've I've seen things i I never would have thought that a person could do um (laughs) yeah and do we want to yes i want to want to let the cat out of the bag i would love to then we're held to it yeah let's hold us Uh. to this shit um because i think we mentioned it a couple times that we uh i think i just mentioned it early in this episode that fariza fan fiction is something that i desperately need in my life and um we are going to be uh patreon uh launching patreon exclusive fan fiction episodes so it is going to be an audio only obviously script format um so we are going to just be kind of theorizing what what happens when Miss Kwan goes home at night, and uh, does she rant to her husband about how much she dislikes these fucking kids? And <laughs> do she and Perino like grab coffee after work and plot how they're gonna fuck with right. their kids today? Did uh, like, did Radich have um, JT and Toby go through a compatibility course to, <laughs> before they were agree- uh, greenlit to share a locker? Like, did you know what? Let what, we've got. They didn't, but you know, there's, there's some shenanigans that I, you know, that are definitely. There'll be short little things. We'll probably release a couple on main to give you a taste, Um, but we're really excited about that. That's coming Mm -hmm. with season three. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been talking about side quest episodes. We've been talking about doing just like a 20, 30 minute weekly catch Mm -hmm. up. Or what we're binging because yes. I I don't know about Avis but I'm always yes. binging. Something. I am always binging something. I don't too. want to talk about how quickly I Good. watched The Sopranos, which is impressive because that show is like kind of it's got a couple it's got a couple seasons, you know. One time, a friend of mine and I actually broke the space time continuum watching <laughs> Melrose Place. We watched the entirety of Melrose Place in a week when we were sick on my couch. And the math does not make sense because they're like 35 episodes a season. I was going to say. And season one, they're hour and a half long episodes. That sounds like that Degrassi mini where Paige and... um... And Marco were on the couch for like the whole weekend. <laughs> Just literally didn't move from that couch. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. There's we. There's this line in the office where somebody asked Kevin um, what how his weekend was, and he's like, "Great, I watched TV for 14 hours." And I was watching The Office recently, and I messaged my mom, and I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I can't. I just I'm I am rewatching Dance Academy and I think I started telling you when we brought up the subject of talking about what we're binging, but I love ballet and I never wanted to physically do ballet, but I love watching ballet. And it's a it's an Australian TV show about like teenagers at a, a dance academy, like the top dance academy in the country. And it's so good. Um, it's. I think the realism is up there with the grassy in terms of like all of the situations they deal with. They do gay. They handle the gay thing and the bi thing. Actually, bi thing really. The bi thing very well. Um, but I think the. I really wanted to 
you know, not to get into housekeeping, but I think those will be great episodes to release because we can do those and get those quickly out. And they don't even always have to be us talking to each other. We could just pontificate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but long story you short, got it. You know, join us on Patreon if you'd like. If you enjoy listening to us talk and you think that you need more of that in your life, good news it's freaking i was gonna coming. say i don't um, know why but thank and, you and there will be that request um filled for you and also if you're not already i don't think we mentioned it in the thing but we do have a facebook group there's a lot of great degrassi uh there are out there ours more focuses on the podcast you know we talk about the episodes but we kind of talk about the episodes within the confine of the podcast yeah. episodes um but you know that's where we had like our poll um that's where you're gonna get like first updates about things like merch if we do when we do trivia episodes or giveaways things like that you need to be a member of the group to be eligible Mm -hmm. that's another patreon perk is you automatically you don't even have to comment on the post if we're doing a giveaway or like a drawing for you to join us on an episode you are automatically given a double entry just for Mm -hmm. being a patreon subscriber Um, but otherwise you need to be in the group and comment on the group posts. So join us in the group. We're trying to make that grow. Yeah, like, it's, we are so thankful for you and we want you to be a bigger part of this project. Yes. And it's, it's definitely so cool to see the community grow and just, just the pad grow. It's, I can't believe we're already doing this, the second season wrap up. It feels so like cool. just yesterday we were doing the oh, first no season wrap up. Um, we're, but we're doing, we're trucking along and, I'm so fucking excited for season three and all that's to come. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank so, yeah, you thank so you. much. We'll be back. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with trivia and then we'll be back in four with the season wrap up. Or not the season wrap up. Season three. Premier. Words right. Are. Words are. This is a this is about a four hour recording. Just. <laughs> Yeah, we have been at it for some so time. So words have been because... flowing, but you know, they kind of hurt coming out now. <laughs> but yeah, we no, this will be we'll be back in 4 weeks for the season 3 premiere. Correct? Cool. Yeah. You're the you're the numbers woman. Correct. All right. Awesome. <laughs> but we'll be around yes. in between. So, um quirky outro. We usually have some kind of quirky outro, but uh I don't think no, no. no, we usually are just like, thanks for joining us. Here's what's coming next week. What's coming next week is trivia. Guys. <laughs> it's going to okay. be great. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks. thank you so much. Thank Bianca. You, Bianca. I was really glad you thought of me and didn't forget about me. <laughs> Never. This season of your mom's podcast was made possible in part by Jeremiah Motors, 15 inch salamis, Kid Elric, Choco Lax, and of course, Support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Padcast. You can also visit our website at www.padcast.com. Your Mom's Padcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash yourmomspadcast, or you can check out our merch store at your-moms-padcast-shop.fourthwall.com. 
and you can find that down in the description if you need. And remember, that's PADCAST. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you very much. Goodbye.